This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we've got a listener-sponsored review of Tony Scott's 1991 buddy action flick, The Last Boy Scout. Geek Booner! Plus, we react to trailers for Avatar 2, The Boys, House of the Dragon, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Cobra Kai, and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, May 16th, 2022. Hey, this is for the Jock and Nerd Podcast. This is Simon Rex, a.k.a. Dirt Nasty Baby. You know, I like to listen to the Jock and Nerd podcast when I'm driving to work. Wait a minute, I don't have a job. So I like to listen to it when I'm driving to your mama's house. Ha <laughs> ha. You tired of boring podcast shows? These guys at Jock and the Nerd are the funniest, most entertaining nerds on earth. So check it out, baby dick. Hello, what's up, listener? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. Uh, And joining us, a fella uh, who used to be uh, acting stunt double for Elmo over there on Sesame Street. It's Rug Boy. How you doing, Rugs? Let the cartoon begin. It's the king of cartoons. How did, how did, that, how did that sound? From the I put Herman. a lot of bass in my voice. Very good. You sound like the king of cartoons from the Pee Wee Herman show. That's a deep cut, Rugs. You know that the king of cartoons was also Blackula? Do you know that a very young Lawrence Fishburne was Cowboy Curtis? Yes, I do. That's a great show. I do indeed. There's a lot of deep cuts of that Pee Wee show. You ever watch that Pee Wee show, Anthony? You're probably too young. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew, I knew of him and... I can kind of hear what his voice sounds like, and I know what his fucking face looks like, yeah. but I wasn't watching the show. I love yeah, that. I think that's before your time. That's what they say. Yeah. Uh, and then he had to go jerk off in a porn theater and ruin everything. That's where you do it, right? Yeah, it's like it if he was in oh, if he was in Walmart jerking off. I okay, that you don't do it there. That's where I do it. I'll give you. Yeah, but like he. <laughs> He was in the proper place. That's what you're supposed to do in yeah, those like, easy theaters. He's not at Walmart like I am, like in the women's section looking at the bras. And then, uh, you know, he's at a place where they show porn. Everyone's jerking off in there. What year was that? Uh, that that Paul Rubens incident? Yeah. Uh, and I think it was, in, it was in Miami, too, where everybody jerks off in Miami. It's like the jerk off capital of the world. That's what I'm getting as what do you need? What is a what is a porn <laughs> thing like? First off, yeah, what do you expect? But secondly, what is the use for a porn theater? No one's watching porn for more than, what, four minutes, five minutes? Right. This is what you do at a porn theater. You, <laughs> you jerk off, you fuck someone, or that's where you do, like, business deals, like drug deals and uh, stuff. You yeah, go yeah. in, hey, whatever, while people are fucking, they're not going to watch what you're doing. Uh, so that was, here's the headline, Pee-wee's Playhouse star Paul Rubens is arrested for masturbating in an adult theater in 1991. Okay, so it was a while, back back in the day when porn wasn't as accessible. Yeah, it was back when Times Square still had the sleazy theaters, you know, in Times Square. But you know what? Everyone's forgotten that Pee-wee's back, man. He's more popular than ever. Everybody still yeah. loves the Pee-wee. He's still around. He didn't even die of COVID. No, somehow he survived. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough about Pee-wee Herman. Love you. But we are here to geek out about other things. Let's get into it. 
the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Got a bunch of trailers here in our news segment. Wait, we're not reviewing a Marvel thing? No, no, no oh. Marvel. In fact, there isn't even a Marvel trailer in here. Okay. Oh, no Marvel news. We take a break. Ooh. We've been, that's, you know, we've been. There was a lot. There was a Moon Knight. There was Doctor. It was a lot. Doctor Strange. A lot of Marvel. We could take a little break. Talk about some other things. Uh, for instance, a property that has was huge thirteen years ago, and it's finally coming back. I'm talking about the Avatar movies. Avatar. Avatar sequel. The Way of the Water. Now we all watch this trailer. It's the way of water. Oh, that's the way. I added a the. That's a very Midwest thing to do. You add the to everything. You're like, I'm going to the jewels or I'm going to watch the friends. I don't know why we do that. It's dumb. We do dumb things. (laughs) At the trade a lot. We're human beings. We are. We are flawed and illogical. Captain Spock was right. Uh, Avatar, the way of water is the sequel to James Cameron's avatar that came out in 2009 so he's been working on his shiz for 13 years uh and you we, we all watched this trailer in front of dr strange and the multiverse of madness then they released it on youtube now the world can see it i want to know first of all uh what you guys think about the trailer because you know we talk about how nobody talks about avatar anymore well this thing in 24 hours well, was watched by 148 million people on YouTube, yeah, nobody cares about James Cameron. Huge, uh, huge twenty-four hour numbers. <laughs> nobody cares. Rugs. Let's start with you. Do you still care about the Cameron? Is is the Avatar back? What do you think it the is? The only reason that I'm going to watch this movie is because of James Cameron. And that's it. Like Avatar, it's basically sets the table for lots of CG and lots of like visuals. Yeah, and an experience like a a thrill ride or like a or an amusement park ride. So if you're you're not probably going to get like you know Marvel level like world building and you know that type of stuff, but you're probably going to be entertained. So I'm up for that. I'm up to see what Jace J. I almost called him Jason Cameron. Jason Cameron. Yeah, Jason Cameron. That's Jason uh, James Cameron's uh, evil twin. <laughs> it's his variant. Yeah. He's the yes. one with like a dark mustache. Um, He's actually nice on set. Too, yeah. Yes, he's respects <laughs> he's people. Very pleasant. Um, <laughs> James Cameron, uh, you know, he always has a way with these things. So uh, I'm excited just to see what he's doing. Yeah. So regardless of what it is, he could be he could have been making like a any movie, and I would be interested to watch it. So as a, as a tentpole as a franchise, I feel like yeah, he waited a little bit l- longer than he should have, but. Yeah, here we are. Well, so Anthony, you see in here lots of water stuff, lots of underwater, lots of Navi families, new places. Does it give you floppy John or geek boner? And do you care anymore? Yeah, I mentioned that Avatar is the move, the biggest movie in the world that no one really talks about, and I still stand by that. That being said, I I couldn't help but watch the trailer and go, "Hey, this is kind of fun. Yeah, this is nice to be back." I enjoyed, I remember watching the first Avatar in, in the theater and thinking it was a great theater experience. And I think I saw it two or three more times after that in the theater. But I'm with Rugs. I think the main reason I'm coming back to this is because James Cameron has decided to do something. This is what he's been working yes. on for the last 12 to 15 years. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been. Yeah. And 
if if that's the case, I think you know he never. I don't think he ever doesn't deliver. There's very few films I didn't I haven't liked from James Cameron. I'm sure the spectacle will be there, and maybe he's developing something you know deeper than the first film, and in, in terms of maybe a, a deeper plot or, be or, nice. or a deeper world. Yeah, I'm looking at the cast. I mean, everyone's returning, and then you've got Kate Winslet yeah. here, Cliff Curtis, Michelle Yeoh. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah, and Kate Winslet. Amongst other amongst other people, yeah. but there's a lot of people in this. Don't you can't really tell what the plot is. I wouldn't I didn't even know when that first Avatar ended, I didn't really see where they were gonna go yeah. with another movie that yeah. didn't really open itself, lend itself to another sequel. But like I said, it'll probably look great. I'll be there probably opening night or opening weekend. And I love James Cameron, so. I mean, I'm with you guys on the camera, and I'm dying to see the next big thing. Uh, It's not a plot-heavy trailer. It's more just a really pretty, the visuals look great. This fucking creature that you ride underwater, and then it pops out, and wings pop out, and now you fly. That's fucking, that's pretty badass, right? I thought that was great. Uh, It almost looks like too animated, though. Like, I don't know. I do get, do you get a video gamey kind of feel in some of this, like it's almost like too polished and too just. I'm having trouble connecting with that a, a, a little bit. I well, get that. I I feel like um you know with any CG, there's some that is hidden better. Like it looks more realistic and kind of you don't even detect that it's there. But this, I think, it's meant to be detected, right? It's meant uh, for you to understand. Yeah. That you're creating a completely foreign world, so nothing's going to look like our standard of realism. It's hyper real. It's yeah, that's what surreal. it is. It's hi- yes, it's a very surreal, hyper real. So that's what he's going for. Like I just, it looks, it does. Aside from that, it looks fascinating. He has a budget of a billion dollars to work with for all four sequels, hmm. so it's like two hundred fifty million dollars per movie. Like, can I ask you a question about the visuals, real quick? Yes. Like when you saw the opening shots, did you feel like it was just like any effects you'd see in a Marvel movie, or did you feel like it was a cut above? Did you feel like there was any change in this in this trailer? Yeah, Um, you know, it kind of looks on par with some of the best stuff that's out there now. See to me, I I thought I looked at it and went because I I remember in 2010 when that first came out that it looked. That was revolutionary for then, and I, I, when I watched this trailer, I was like, it looks pretty damn good. Yeah. I thought it looked great. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think... W- I think, And I think it's going to be a notch. It's definitely going to be, you know, 10 years worth of history behind... Like, they're going to... I think it's going to look awesome. I just, like... Uh, let's just put, like, the motion underwater in, in comparison with Aquaman. Yeah. I think that's the standard of underwater shit that we've seen as far as fantastical shit that's underwater so i think that that's the bar that we have to measure it by and i haven't seen aquaman in a while does it still hold up i don't even know so that's gonna be i think you're right that's gonna be the make it or break it difference and ironically aquaman was supposed to open on this same date this is coming out december 16th of this year and aquaman moved Probably a smart thing. Here's, uh, I can give you one thing that he has kind of invented or he's bringing new to this. He has cracked uh, the the process of underwater motion capture. So whereas Aquaman, I think if you saw the behind the scenes, you know, they use CGI to float the hair. They're actually on a harness floating in the air and they take all that out. 
and makes them look underwater. He is making the actors. Apparently, Kate Winslet had to hold her breath for like eight fucking minutes in a water tank so he could get mocap data off of her. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're over. No way she's holding her That's breath. That's what I minutes. read in an article. <laughs> no fucking way. Nearly eight minutes. That's I mean, Hey, that I guess that would break a world record, wouldn't it? I don't know if it would break a world record, but you try holding your breath under water for more than a minute. Tom Cruise held his breath for about six to seven minutes for the one scene in Mission Impossible. Yeah, and fall of was it? Uh, well, that's Tom Cruise. Rogue Nation. I think with practice, you work that, you work up to that, dude. That scene is just fucking. I can't believe he did. He that. was actually, yeah. Anyways, okay. Anyways, long times underwater. <laughs> uh, is what do you? It's noteworthy. The, yeah, it's Navy, noteworthy. Uh, most people can hold their breath for about one to two minutes. Yes. You, what if you're, what if you're a chain smoker like Imran? Oh, no. fucking 30 seconds. Well, seconds. I'm a dead man. Can, can Imran swim? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I don't yeah, like see? water. Water oh. and I are not friends. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but That's what I, I think you could train your way up to that. You could. Yeah. You can. I'm just saying eight minutes is a long but time. But I'll tell you what. The underwater motion capture, that, geek that gives me geek boner. I think clearly this will have an edge over the Aquaman sequences, even though those are really fun and colorful. This, I think, will be something we've never James seen Cam- before. James Cameron. Cameron's a perfectionist. It's, Cameron. so it's going to look awesome. Here, let me read the premise real quick. On the show. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You you both were so silent. <laughs> we're that waiting it, for you to read the fucking thing. <laughs> really? You you never shut your fucking mouth, and then you, you shut your mouth for five seconds. I thought something was wrong. <laughs> I was dead for a second. I passed out. <laughs> Set more than a decade after the events of the first film, Avatar, The Way of the Water, Way of Water. He did it too. The Western Emmy. <laughs> Begins to tell the story of the Sully family, the trouble that follows them, the lengths they go to keep each other safe, the battles they fight to stay alive, and the tragedies they endure. Yeah, so in the from the trailer, I get, you get a sense of this family, and maybe the tribes are fighting each other. I don't know who the bad guy is. It looks like they have a son, like a human son. Yeah, there's a mix of like a human yeah. in there. Yeah, that's weird. I, the, only, the only thing I was thought it was weird is, I remember from the movie that they inhabit bodies of right, these Navi. It's an avatar. It's not really, he's not there. So yeah, if he... If they're inhabiting those bodies, can he produce kids? I guess he can. But then, I thought a lot of those characters died. But then again, they were inhabiting fake bodies. I don't. There's but some of it. I forget some of the logistics. They are physical stuff. bodies, though, right? Rugs? I think right. they're yeah. clones. Oh, they're clones of the Navi. They're so it's clones an actual made body. with some of the human DNA, and that way they can look like them. Well, not only that, but that way their brain functions are would be the same pathways and all that stuff. So mm. there's. They had to create a hybrid between humans so they could kind of project their consciousness into these avatars. All I remember is unobtainium. Futuristic shit, yeah. From the first movie. The first movie, by the way, uh, all-time worldwide box office record holder, $2.8 billion, not adjusted for inflation. That's like $3.8 billion in today's money. They are going to re-release the original avatar September 23rd, ahead of the December 16th uh, avatar way of water. I'm kind of excited. Are we convinced that Avatar will be back, though, with this? Anything can happen. Will it be back? What do you mean by back? Just back Does that mean pop- make a lot of money? Make a lot of money back in popular culture conversation. I, th- I think so, because he's they've planned to do all these movies to back to back to back. And if James Cameron delivers like he usually can... You know, it'll still resonate. I mean, Avatar came out of nowhere. And yeah, did well. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's original ish. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what he's holding back. Oh he's, yeah, there's definitely some kind of huge thing that we haven't even seen yet. Yeah, this is just a teaser. Yeah, but just look gorgeous. I I, I agree. I, I I mean, I'm with you, Imran, in that 
I watched the trailer and I went, I'm actually kind of excited yeah. now for this. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm like, oh shit. Even though I had never, I hadn't even, never really even wanted an Avatar it's, sequel. So originally the plan for Disney was they were going to alternate December releases with this and three Star Wars movies. But mm. I don't know if those any of the Star Wars movies are going to be coming out because you don't hear anybody working on a fucking Star Wars movie. So every other year, though, you can expect an Avatar. Another all, Avatar. I, all I got to say, too, about Avatar is that Sam Worthington has to be thanking James Cameron so much because 10 years ago or so, they were trying to make Sam Worthington a thing. Yeah. They put him in Terminator, Avatar, Clash of the Titans, and everyone realized, oh, he's not a leading man. <laughs> but Avatar, he still gets his shot to be a leading man in, in the biggest franchise. Right. He's like, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't do the whole, like, uh, get cut up like Camille Nanjani. You know, he didn't do all that. Well, he didn't need to, because no. it's all, they just CGI him in there. Uh, you never yeah. see him as him anyways. Well, it was like him, they were, like, trying to find big Australian stars. It was him and Jai White. Right. Jai Courtney uh, White or yeah, whatever the fuck yeah, 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 yeah. And they were Jai both Courtney, like, oh, yeah. wait, these guys have no charisma no, whatsoever. They're both right. kind of lame and bland, but... Uh, and and it's switchable, interchangeable almost. No, yeah. uh yeah, Avatar, the way of the water, it gets a geek boner. I'm gonna give it a geek, geek boner. Listener, what do you think? Let us know. Join the conversation. We have a Facebook group called Jock and Nerd Nation. There's a link in the show description. It is a closed, exclusive group just for you to post things and geek out. And we got spoiler threads, lots of fun things there. Okay, let's move on to our next trailer for a TV show. This came out just today. The day we are recording, The Boys Season 3 official trailer. This is coming out June 3rd on Amazon Prime. And boy, is there a lot of swearing and people exploding in this trailer. I fucking love it. I fucking loved it. Uh, Anthony, are you excited for The Boys Season 3 and what we see here with Homelander glitching out a little bit? Something is wrong with Homelander. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's just gone off the deep end because, you know, his all the, the females in his life keep going away. And it sounds like the angle they're going with is he's just like, okay, I'm going to stop doing all the corporate bullshit and act like me and people will still love me, which they do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks good. There's always a lot more. There's all, the, the, What gets everybody is the swearing and the, the bodies exploding and, every, all super, and the superheroes acting inappropriate. But there's a lot of real world analogies they try to make so i'm curious to see what they oh, what yeah. kind of real world politics they try to tie this oh, yeah. into yeah it's kind I, of I Trumpian. Say, yeah yeah I, I wouldn't say i'm crazy excited because because i kind of forgot what happened in the second season since it's been a bit yeah but i'm sure once i catch up I'll, I'll enjoy it for you know for what it is we'll see if they can keep i mean i'm curious to see if they can keep that chemistry going in terms of what they've established in the first two seasons because it, it's a very fine line from being over the top and too much to the to that direction where it's just like okay now this is just shock value right. tv and still having like substance sub, some substance that you want so curious to see if they can keep that going because it, it, it is a fine line to balance rugs you see a little bit more of black noir in this and it looks like uh billy butcher takes compound v i believe this is a storyline from the comics or does this give you geek boner you got 24 hour superpowers yes with the little compound v injection yeah and then also you forgot about Crank That Soldier Boy. Oh, yes. You see Jensen Wally Eccles. You. Yeah. So new to the cast this season, <laughs> Soldier Boy, played by Jensen Eccles, Crimson Countess, played by Laurie Holden, Supersonic, played by Miles Gaston Villanueva, 
Blue Hawk, played by Nick Westler, and Gunpowder, played by Sean Patrick Flannery. Remember him? Oh, he was Powder. Remember now he's him? Gunpowder. Now he's got- Sean Patrick Flannery was Powder. That's right. I always get him confused. He would get confused with Ryan Reynolds back in the day when they did because they kind of did the same like raunchy comedy movies. Yeah, Sean Platt, Patrick Flannery. Is Jensen Eccles' character supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy? Mm, I don't know. He looks like he's unhinged and violent and and maybe uh I yeah, I'm not sure. He looks Who like a bad guy. unhinged and violent in the this boys. show. That's, that's kind of like everybody. Right. Even the good guys. It looks like they try to he helps them take down Vaught, so maybe he's I mean everybody in the show is just working for whatever benefits them, really. Think about it. I like the idea uh, they briefly they mentioned it in in the the teaser the line where what's his name takes the compound v what's the guy's uh, name billy butcher billy butcher and the his friend who with a with a funny name the black guy oh yes frenchie this is not frenchie uh That's not frenchie. i forgot what his name is but anyways he questions him and goes this is like exactly what we were yeah. trying to fight against yeah. so I, i'd be curious to see if they dive into that of you know the power corrupting him and and him taking it, but then also kind of losing a little bit of his own self by doing that. Absolutely, because his argument would be like, well, you got to join him to beat him, you know, take him down from the inside. Then Huey is like working for the FBI. Uh, I I think that's where the last season ended. I do. We we don't have anyone that's, none of us have actually read The Boys. Right, yeah. Rugs, did you read it? I did, but not this far. I don't even think that this is even sticking to the material. They're going to do this hero-gasm storyline that apparently is very depraved mother's milk is his name oh Lons mother's Lons. milk that's right that's right Played by Lons yeah. Lons. marvin t mother's milk no geek boner for this for geek sure. i want to see more black noir he got like sidelined that last second season right uh i really like the black noir i love the boys i've enjoyed it every time that it's been on and it does kind of hit the same note a lot of the time and we've just watched the the cartoon that came out uh, oh yeah diabolical a while ago it's very good yeah uh it was I, I didn't want to watch that and I ended up getting into that too. So uh there's something about the people working on that show, so I'm sure that it's going to um capture everyone's attention. I wonder if any out. of that cartoon ties into what's going on here. But no, fuck yeah, it looks like the same great fucking violence and depravity we've known to love. Yeah. On the I'm boys. Down. Yes, geek boner. Geek boner another geek boner. Okay. Geek boner. Let's see if this next one gets a geek boner. Uh, this is on HBO Max and HBO. It is the House of the Dragon first teaser trailer for the prequel, one of the Game of Thrones prequel series. There were do- the other one they were going to make with what's her name. Uh, they killed that. They spent thirty million dollars in that, made the pilot, and decided not to make the show. What was it supposed to be? Uh, it fuck, I can't remember the name of that one either. Mm. But was in it? Uh, it, it the blonde. Um, Fucking hell. <laughs> I have, I, wow. You're supposed I to be an awesome nothing. host. I'm here talking about House of the Dragon, not this other show, because this show is getting made. This is the story of the House Targaryen 200 years before Game of Thrones, and you see fucking dragons. You see lots of people with really blonde hair, and they name drop the Baratheons and uh, the Targaryens and the uh, uh, Starks. The too? Starks, I think. And what was the V one? Man. Viserion. The Viserion. Valerian. I, I'm having trouble. We binge watched this whole show on this podcast. Valerian, that's the one, and Baratheon. Uh, Anthony, did you watch this? What I, is I this? Uh, does this pique your interest at all? I can't say I'm 
super interested, but I remember I was watching the trailer and going, man, I really did like Game of Thrones a lot. Yeah, right. But, but, I, but I was going, I forgot a lot of this yes, stuff. Yes, me too. <laughs> I, think, I think that's just the problem in general of just whenever there's a break between TV shows, especially a long break, because I, I just forget a lot of the stuff. And this is going to be a prequel, but like the... When they start, when they had people kneeling and going something Baratheon, something yeah, Stark, yeah. they go, oh yeah, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. Remember those people? Yeah, I do remember yeah. them. And then I guess this is about a civil war between the Targaryen oh, family. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm probably going to watch the first episode and hope that it's good. And if it is, you know, I'll probably get really into it again. Um, but that you know, it's 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 one of those things where that that last season left such a bad taste in everyone's yeah. mouth that it's hard to get excited about a prequel when. You really dropped the ball the way they did, and it's it's House of Dragon, yeah. right? And they completely fucked up Daenerys by the end of that series. Yeah. So it's like you're trying to get us to buy in on a, a prequel show about this family, but you really screwed over that character in the last season. Yeah, yeah. plus the George Martin didn't. Is he finished yet? I don't even think he I finished still don't the last think book. He's finished with that book. I don't think. I don't so, know. Yeah, but he's is, involved in this apparently. Oh, he's he's involved. Like he's. Part of the writing is in the writer's room, I guess, or or advising in some way. Um, yeah, he's he's part of the. It says he's part of the development. Let's see the writing. Because I think when they were working from his stuff, the show was great, and right. when they de- deviated away from that, they kind of did some hokey shit. So it's it's kind of like a weird thing that they're gonna kind of you know do what everybody does. They take the IP and then they just fucking do whatever they want with it. The thing is, is that they're they're doing prehistory. It's a prequel, mm-hmm. so we kind of know how it unfolds and how how where we get to. So they have to make it really interesting. There has to be like secrets and shit, and there's got to be some intrigue there. I'm hoping it could catch and be what Game of Thrones was, but I don't, I think it's lightning in a bottle. I don't think it's going to happen twice. The only thing that's to their advantage, though, is, yes, it's a prequel, but they set it 200 years in advance. Yeah. So we know that it's not going to end with uh, the Mad King right. blowing up um, fucking, uh, what the hell, or was about to blow up the damn... What's the city called? The whole uh, West, uh, not uh, West, not Westeros, uh, but that city that's based in Croatia. Whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> I can't that, remember that any city. of the Game of Thrones names. Yeah, he was supposed to blow it up, and uh, freaking Nikolai Waldo's character character kills. Oh, him. right, right, we right. No, right. it's not going to end that's there. Right. No, that's uh, way, way later. So we, at least they have like they've built themselves a buffer to kind of do what they want to do and not have it end in a point where we know, okay, this is supposed to happen in Silver. I mean, you got dragons right away, so they don't have to slow Fuck, play. I forgot all the names. I know. I can't remember the fucking names either. <laughs> there's so many names, but there's going to oh, be we'll, dragons. We'll snap right back yeah. in once once we get into it. I think it may take a few episodes because remember, the first season of Game of Thrones, it took me, I think, a couple of episodes to really like lock into what was going on, like kind of the style and get into it. I think it was largely Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Kills the Mad King. Yes. And then he gets called the... Uh, Slayer, and that's an insult. That's right. I remember Tyrion was the character that hooked me right away that I loved immediately. So they need somebody like that. Who? Yeah. Who was your favorite character that hooked you? I right. I I still remember fucking Peter Dinklage as Tyrion was so great. He's funny mm-hmm. and fucking uh, quick witted. Uh, I I I liked him right away. I my favorite characters. My favorite character arc up until the last season was uh, Jamie Lannister. 
Jamie and uh, yeah, his sister and uh, the well, no, I'm saying did. Jamie, just Jamie, just Jamie's arc because yeah. he goes from this like guy that you think is just a fucking terrible person that's banging his sister. Oh yeah, that's true. And then he has this whole redemption. Yeah, and then they screw it up at the end. And there's a lot of great arcs. Sister. There's a lot of great arcs of characters in so that, good in arcs. that whole show. This one you got Matt Smith in this show who we just saw in the Morbius, and you got right. uh, Reese Ifans. I, like, I like Matt Smith. Matt Smith's good. Reese Ifans played the lizard in the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and just uh, lots of blonde wigs and dragons and a dragon egg. So we'll see August 21st on HBO Max. Okay, let's move on to Disney Plus show. There's a lot of fucking content coming out. I don't oh know. Oh, my God. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with this. Disney Plus uh, announcing they have hit a hundred over 137 million subscribers. Oh, shit. Uh, more than Wall Street expected. They added 7.9 million uh, subscribers last quarter so they're racking up subscribers and they put out a final trailer for the obi-wan show that will debut may 27th with two episodes that's a friday Ooh. and then it will continue to come out every wednesday uh rugs did you see this trailer the thumbnail of this trailer you got the shot of fucking Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in a lightsaber There's battle. There's only one reason that Imran's going to watch this show, and it's got Najani. <laughs> Did you see the shot of Kumail? It's, Quick shot of Kumail. It's Kumail the Jedi right yeah. now. Kumail the Jedi gave me geek boner right away. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm pumped for this, actually. Whoa, really? I oh, am. I, it looks good. I feel like it looks really good. It, this is definitely more action-packed because it's – it, first of all, it's pulling all this shit from from all of the cartoons, which I love. Yeah, and, and that's all the Filoni verse, and it's got the Inquisitors. It's got fucking some crazy shit. Now, the the problem with Filoni verse is it doesn't really play well with um, what Lucas had set up uh, because, right. like, how is all this shit happening? And then you know, uh, in the movies, like it seems like Obi Wan and Darth Vader had never seen each other after what happened on uh, Mustafar. So whatever, but you know, there's going to be a confrontation between Vader and and Obi-Wan again. I hope there's many in this series. They better not just have like one big one at the end. I'm going to be upset. And if there's not, that's going to be, people are going to be pissed if they tease, like they're going to buy, they're going to go get down, but they're not. I mean, how much, how much of Hayden Christensen's voice will you hear? You gotta have James Earl Jones. I don't know how you're right? gonna do this. Or he just doesn't talk when he's in this one. Or you just call up James Earl Jones, be like, James, fire up your voice memo thing on your, I'm sure, your phone. I'm sure Lucasfilm has been like processing James Earl Jones. Oh, maybe they can AI audio it like yeah, they do with Mark Hamill. Audio. Yes. Holy shit. Um, could they do that? Or could they take Hayden Christensen's voice delivery and then turn it into James Earl Jones voice? Yeah, deep fake it. Yeah. Deep fake the audio. So it's still his performance, but it's just tuned to sound what, like. What about his face? Are we going to see his? I mean, you ha- you cast Hayden Christensen because you have his face. You don't have cast him to put a helmet on him and have him well, talk like James Earl Jones. In the trailer, you see him being like. Uh, see him getting suited up, yeah, and mm. put together. I think we may see his face. Uh, I think you have to, right? I, yeah. I, I also doesn't. I don't see how that makes any sense. Because if you're looking at a young Vader, yeah, uh, you got to show it, his face. Well, in uh, the uh, Rogue One, didn't they? Uh, you see, like uh, Darth Vader, he's hanging out in his sauna. Yeah, but it was like a faraway shot, like backlit. You didn't really. Well, they're probably not going to do that in here. Yeah. They're probably going to like maybe like swoop around the camera. You can see him with 
he's in like a, you know, maybe he's in some kind of, not a back to tank or something like that where he can just like Oh, that breathe. fucking back to tank. It fixes <laughs> you know? everything. Like John Travolta, yeah. the bubble boy. He has like <laughs> a fucking little broom. He can just, you know, he takes off his fucking black costume. He watches TV, you know, rubs one out. Like he doesn't, you know. <laughs> he's fucking peeping on Luke from a distance <laughs> with binoculars, just looking like a creep, you know. I don't think Darth Vader's got a penis. What do you think? It, that's the bottom half. That shit burned off on Mustafa. Yeah, yeah. It, no, if you watch that movie, dude, that whole yeah. bottom half was toast. This is Franks and beans were Ethan, overcooked. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a a, t- a unit there now. Yeah, well, mm. you know what? That makes him more focused, though. He's really focused. Yeah, on yeah he doesn't care about getting laid. He can yeah. think with the one head now <laughs> instead of the two heads. That's why he's a success. Yes, that's what makes him the best <laughs> fucking dark Sith ever. Get the monkey off his back. I love seeing the old stormtroopers, and we're going to see more. And I love that it's uh, there's more action, because this is the time. I was like, what are they going to do? Because this is the time when Obi-Wan just has to look out for Luke from a distance and not let him know he's there and just watch him. I'm like, well, okay, but what's the show going to be about? So there he's being hunted. Uh, six episodes, so you'll get two on the May 27th, and then four more. Uh, I have two comments. Yeah, what do you think, Anthony? Does this pique your interest at all? We're forcing you to watch all this. Star no, not Wars really. Shit. It doesn't pique oh, my interest at all. But sloppy job. I, I will. It's not because. Yeah, again, I'm just not a Star Wars guy. Yeah. Everyone knows that that listens to the show. Two things that did pique my interest: one, Joel Edgerton being in this. I like oh, Joel yeah. Edgerton. Two, I like the shot of uh, the stormtroopers marching with whoever the hell they were marching with, and it looked like they were in like Hong Kong, but in space. That looked cool. Yeah, kind of like a Hong Kong cyberpunk Tokyo esque. And there's the fucking lightsabers. You know who else is in this? Oh, shit. Anytime they get out of the desert, I'm cool with it. Yeah. There's some desert. There's some desert, which we've grown tired of in the, from the last show. But looks like it won't be all desert. O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, is also in this. Oh. So, to look, to me, you got Ice Cube's kid, you got Kumail, and I do like the Joel Edgerton <laughs> now. I'm fucking all in. Uh, is Kumail, is, do people refer to him by one name, or is that just a you thing? It's probably just a me thing, but what other Kumail is there? Like Imran. Now, you can just say Imran. You don't need my last name. There's nobody else. Like Kumail. Kumail is a thing now to me. I'm going to make it a thing. One word, like Prince. Is he Pakistani? <laughs> he is Pakistani. Okay. He was born That's there, right. came here when he was 14, and uh, started he doing comedy. He speaks better English than you. No, he doesn't. Well, he's got a better vocabulary than me. <laughs> You were born here. I was born here. I don't know shit. Indira Varma is in but, this. One of the now. But who yeah. do you think has the the more annoying voice? I think that uh, Kumail or Imran. So Kumail yeah, kind of sounds Kumail's like a Pakistani Kermit the Frog a little bit, right? Come on, yeah, it's a little bit, but I'll allow it. <laughs> a little squeaky. I still love the guy. Yeah, he's got an interesting voice. He's got an interesting voice for sure. Okay, moving on. That one's Geek Boner for me, too. So far, all of these. I don't know how we're going to keep up. We'll review the first two episodes when they come out. There's so much shit. May 27th, the same day the first half of Stranger Things drops also on May 27th, which is uh, like Oh, my God. What a month. Too much shit. Okay. Uh, There's another uh, prequel show on Hulu. It's a movie. It's a Predator prequel. They're not done with Predator yet, people. Believe it or not, they're still trying to bring it back. It, this one's called A Prey. Uh, they just put out a real short one-minute teaser trailer. Anthony, what happens in this teaser trailer? What would you think? It's very short. It's quite short. It's basically Predators hunting. I wouldn't say prehistoric humans because that's not that's not at all the case. But they're hunting. looks like Native Americans, yeah. Pat, Com- Comanche, Cherokee, somewhere around there. I uh, 
trailer's nothing to you know just a, a quick tease of these native american this native american woman hunting something and then and you predator see, you see three dots the laser dots yep, come out of the nowhere laser dots are on there that being said they had if they're going to continue this i like the idea i like, it's like the apocalypto idea. with predators yeah that could well, work. well the thing is is like you gotta up you either gotta up the ante or like make some the people helpless right you the whole thing about predator is he's hunting people and they don't know what's going what they're what they're up against and mm. now you really rewind the clock and you go with a, like this woman that is hunting with bows and arrows yeah. and she's up against a predator. Like, how does she win? But like, that already to me is interesting. Doesn't Arnold just kill the predator with a tree? Uh, well, he's also Arnold. <laughs> so. That predator killed like nine of the baddest human beings on, on the planet Earth at that time before. Yeah, getting to Arnold. Arnold so did throw just, some mud on. They him. just have to employ like you know the Looney Tunes. Like they just drop an anvil on them. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. There's a lot of trees here. You could drop one of these trees yeah. on them. No problem. So apparently, the movie's about this woman who's like a hunter, and she's she's the best in her tribe. Even though, and it's like that's kind of conflict because oh, she's a woman. It's 300 years in the past. Yeah, she's a woman, so it's like, oh, what the fuck? She's the best, and she's trying to protect the family because people are like getting knocked out by this predator, but she doesn't know mm. what she's hunting. And what it is, the predator? Yeah, movie Hulu movie. I like it. August fifth. I- you think the predator is going to have boobs too? <laughs> could it be a female predator? Ooh, what if it's a female predator? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That could be interesting. <laughs> no, you know what? It's a, I, I I agree. I I like the idea of putting it 300 years in the past. We saw uh, that latest the Predator movie, the Shane Black movie, that was awful, right? And it's funny it's we're going to talk about a Shane Black movie that was not good. Floppy. That's job. one of the more disappointing movies I've ever seen, just because I thought Shane Black, right? They haven't made a good Predator movie since the first Since one. the original. So let's take it all the way to the past. And this, you can kind of do anything and make it even uh, do whatever you want. But hopefully make it good. This is being brought to you by who's directing this? The guy who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. And his name is Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, and I don't know any of these people that are in the movie. Well, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane got a lot of good reviews. It did. So. So the, uh, clearly he could do tension and kind of, you know, scary like a monster movie. So that's what you need. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm just wondering how invested it's a Hulu film. So right. like how good can it be? Like, are they is Hulu trying to be like a Netflix? Are they oh, trying of to? Of course, they want to be. Level? Yeah, they if they have this property. Hulu movies are they're all right. That Frank Grillo movie is a Hulu movie, right, Ruggs? Yeah. And that wasn't bad. At boss level. Yeah, boss level. That's a Hulu movie. Uh, but maybe this it's loosely like you wouldn't know this is like a predator sequel. The the font of the title kind of gives it away, but uh, just by the name. So it's going to be interesting. August. Uh, what did I say? August 5th on Hulu. Uh, before we get to the last trailer. Geek Boner or Flappy Job? Oh, this one. I'm going to give it a geek, boner. a geek Boner also because <laughs> they're trying to fucking make Predator still be a thing and show me something good Predator. It's just like, you know, the Terminators and the Aliens. I know they're not good anymore, but maybe someone can still try and if make something If this came out good. in the theater, I wouldn't even bother. That's it's true. Just, since it's coming out on Hulu, yes, that, I, I might give it a shot. That gives it points for sure that it's just it's going to be. They knew that. Because that's like, yeah. you know, that's like A1 property yeah. and it's coming to Hulu. So it's like almost like what the. Uh, HBO Max did they put out their like their grade A shit on the on the app? It's like you can't beat it. It was it. I would say it was a one property a long time ago. Yeah. I think everyone now thinks the Predator is a joke, and it's kind of where it belongs, like on Hulu. Yeah, do it on Hulu, and unfortunately, unfortunately, but it doesn't mean it has to be shit. 
Uh, no, that's true. All in the writing. You don't have to make shit. Patrick Aston writing the screenplay. It's all in the writing. Uh, okay, I saved the best one for last. Before we get to that, listener, check out our T Public shop where you can get awesome swag from this Jock and Nerd podcast with our logo with Rugboy Space. Nerd. On Jock and Nerd. You can get mugs, cell phone cases, tote bags, t shirts, hoodies, tank tops, lots of fun stuff, lots of different designs and styles. Link in the show description. Okay, we have. A trailer and a date announcement for Cobra Kai Season 5. Geek I'm already going to give it a geek motor. It doesn't even matter what this thing <laughs> looks like. We don't have to wait a year. Remember Season 4 came out? Uh, the, December? December 31st. It was New Year's Eve. Now Season 5, September 9th. So, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. Anthony, uh, we kind of knew what, we, what was kind of going on going into this, but they're fleshing out a little bit. Where our characters end up after last season with Terry Silver running uh, Cobra Kai and uh, uh, Johnny taking Robbie to find Miguel in Mexico. What do you think? So I I think I I don't know. How many seasons do they have planned? I hope this is the last one. No, they're they're not. They may have one or two more. It should be this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're going to keep milking it, I think. I remember what. reading, I even said it on the show, that they had like one, I think season one and two were their New Hope, season three and four were their Empire Strikes Back, right. and then five and six were their, um, or maybe they were doing it in threes, which would be crazy because that'd make it nine seasons. But yeah, I mean, I'm still on board with the show. <laughs> so they could have shown me anything. The fact that it's now Johnny, or not Johnny, but it's... uh. Fucking what's his name, man? I'm Danny Larusso and Chosen teaming up, Chosen to take on uh, not Crease Terry, fucking, Terry Silver who had Crease Terry Silver, yeah. Which like now you have three old movies, like <laughs> three of the movies all intertwining there, like things you thought you would never see. You have Johnny hunting or looking for his son, or looking for his surrogate son yeah. with his son with his, uh, in Mexico. Yeah. I like the fact that they've split them up now, yeah, because. It was almost getting redundant with Johnny and and uh, Danny yeah. bickering. So the fact that they split them up and now that's two side missions, yep, yep, is kind of is I think is smart. I don't know how they keep doing it and how they keep this show should not work at all. Right. But the fact that it keeps working and now we're in season five and and we have like I said what I meant just mentioned chosen versus Terry Silver and and pulling out nunchucks to potentially kill him. <laughs> uh, he's got those are size and then he has got chosen's got size at the end yeah too. like raphael yeah, like, yeah so, like raphael so I, I i don't know i don't know if they'll pull it off they probably I, I believe they will i believe in them and i i've loved this show and there needs to be um more people that are creative that can pick things up from the 80s and spin them in a way like this it works so well to keep this franchise alive. i mean johnny lawrence is kicking a dude holding a surfboard and kicks the surfboard <laughs> this is gonna be he's fighting in bought it's gonna be amazingly ridiculous rugs geek boner floppy jog what do you think no i'm all in this, this is another geek, geek boner. boner i know that eventually it's gonna be too much but <laughs> at this point it's like when you've um you're like i can still like probably 
house two more slices of pizza. <laughs> yeah. And that's what <laughs> yes. I feel like. I'm like, more seasons you could I, probably I, go. Yeah. Before I hate myself, it's like uh, I can still probably fit two more in. So I just love like the shot where you, you see they're opening Cobra Kai dojos all over the valley and there's a map. Just like this idea that like the valley is there's nothing else around. It's like the most important place in <laughs> California. There's fucking karate tournaments. Have you been to the valley? And the dojos in the valley and they're taking over the world. It's the promised land. It's the promised land. I just, I love I just love that feeling. It's so funny. Listen, uh real estate like four oh, million dollars huge. for a closet. Yeah. I don't I don't know how he's affording all these Cobra Kai's. They must have a lot of students after because the the whole yeah, world made, watched he's got, he's got the tournament. That dude. Yeah. Terry Silver. Oh yeah, he is rich too. That's right. He is rich because of uh was it toxic sludge or something? Oh, yeah. He was like he was like getting rid of toxic waste from They're like showing <laughs> clips from karate various corporations three in this trailer. Which is also great. Well, because they're doing, they're re- rehashing the old training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was doing with Danny Larusso, but he's doing it with a uh, old girl. I forget her. See, I'm forgetting everyone's fucking name. Uh, Corey. Corey. Yeah. I predict John Kreese somehow gets his name cleared, comes back, and joins forces with Chosen and Danny, and he will. And then, and then they're gonna fight him. And they're gonna lose, and at the last minute, Johnny Lawrence shows up with fucking Miguel and Robbie, and they just fucking take them all down. That's what they need. They, you know what they need to do? You just you basically stated it, but yeah. I'm going to restate it yeah. in a way that just would be so fucking hilarious. Is it, it's just a giant like gang fight, right? Yes. But and they it's chosen Danny and uh, his girl show up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The girl, little his little daughter. Oh yeah, Sam. Sam, and then his son shows up. Right. But like. They have oh, the sun, all dude. the all the Cobra Kai's like there, like it's just like Thanos style, yeah. where it's all the fucking aliens, but it's all the dojo, like every single member. <laughs> oh my god, that would be Cobra amazing! Kai. Yes, and then like all the kids like rise up, right? And then you have Kree show up, yes. and then you have Johnny show up, and then you have the Miguel and Robbie show up, and then you fucking bring back, you bring back, uh, you bring back like fucking uh, Mr. Miyagi's like son or oh, something shit, like that. Yeah, or you bring like. Bring back someone else, and it's just like Avengers style. Elizabeth Shue shows up, and she's been training secretly in karate this whole time. Used to have Elizabeth Shue, Hillary Swank. Oh, and then Hillary Hillary Swank Swank drops out of the sky from a helicopter, or Tamika, or whatever her name was. Yes, from the second one, and they They all show up, and then (laughs) and then it all it all lines up, and then you get to the you get to to Danny Larusso and Johnny Lawrence, and they both put on their fucking headbands, and they're like Miyagi Do. Fight and then they fucking run it. There needs dude. to be a lineup and they need to run at each other. Brie Larson has to show up and go, "Hey, uh, Danny Larusso, <laughs> you got something for me?" And then there's a shot of just all the female characters in the corner for some reason. Why are you all bunched up together over here? Uh, yes, Captain Marvel shows yeah, up. A great, a great showdown. They gotta have. They gotta have. Yeah, it's just like a gigantic showdown between well, all just, the villains. So it's just like uh, just like a line of yes, one yes. team versus in the, the street, other. They run, yes. yeah, like in Civil War, yes. they run towards each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Like, I was thinking Endgame even type, yeah. type. but like like Kreese, like he comes out of a coffin. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> like it's pro wrestling. This all and, and, and Johnny Lawrence like. Get like gets dropped down like Rambo style yeah. from a helicopter. Somebody you know? has to do a superhero landing. Oh, that'd oh. be Johnny Lawrence. And it's all yeah. happens in the parking lot of a strip mall. And it's yeah, yeah. And yeah. Danny Larusso's like crane kick, ready to no, go. It's got to be a golf and stuff. Golf <laughs> has to go down a golf. And oh, stuff. it's golf yeah. and stuff. Or like a mini, mini, uh, mini golf. Uh, fucking 
course. The, the thing fun. is, like, that sounds so ridiculous. Would, you could do it. Would watch every would second you could, oh, they yeah. could do it, and it would totally work <laughs> in this show. Like, it would because that's the way they're building yeah. it. Is that Terry Silver is the big bad? They've 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 built it in a way that everyone has a love has a a, a, a shade of gray in them. Yep. Even Terry Silver yep. at some point in the show, they they like explain a way that he's just like an addict and he was on the straight and narrow, but he had a drink and now he's back on the fucking bad path. So it's like all these guys have kind of been redeemed, but they can still, they need to take out a big bad. And it's gotta be, I think Terry Silver is the big bad. They do it like sympathize with every character, right? They're like, they all have something. Yeah. I just think it's so absurd, but so great that the, and so many people in this country, so many people in the world are like captured by this idea of like this karate tournament right? that's that, like it's so meaningless I know. it's like one of the most meaningless like have you ever been to a karate tournament there's like nobody there no, this no is one. like the biggest sporting event in fucking america yeah, in this show it's, it's so amazing great. i love that i just love that they're just committed to that all right look if that's not enough listener i have a link in the show notes an article from gizmodo titled 22 summer tv shows to add to your nerdy watch list Oh my okay. god. There's a lots of great stuff. You can click it. You can go through the slideshow. There's a Resident Evil show on Netflix that's coming out that may or may not be. There's so much shit that's going to be coming out this year. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to try to keep up. We'll take a break, though, right now. Play some promos. Come back. Review a cult 90s buddy cop action movie right after this. After these messages. My name's Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. I started this show as a way to offload some of my thoughts every week, and I quickly found out that I wasn't really alone in those thoughts, and I was connecting with other people who kind of felt the same way as me. So join me each week as I pour some whiskey and offload some thoughts about news, entertainment, politics, just whatever might come to my head during the week. So that's the Adulting with Donnie podcast, and you can find it anywhere that awful podcasts are served and also great podcasts. Attention podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. I'm Logan, the host of Mostly Superheroes, a weekly pursuit for the world's best stories with an emphasis on live action superhero stuff. Every week, join me, PC Mike, The Giggler, Scotty Scoop, and Carrie as we talk MCU, DCU, books, TV, movies, and more. MostlySuperheroes.com is where you want to be. Watch us on YouTube, listen where you get your podcasts, and we'll see you Monday, Sunday on Patreon. Enjoy the rest of the show. Listener, if you like the show, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And you can support this very show on a monthly or annual basis, and you get cool things like an exclusive RSS feed where the shows come out a little bit early. There's some bonus content. Anthony's been reviewing a lot of 80s action movies on there. We got to put our instant reactions, post shows, a lot of fun stuff. You get access to our private Discord hangout on certain tiers where we do a monthly geek hangout and I'm there. You could see my fucking ugly face uh, and you don't have to put your camera on, but I always have mine on because, you know, you look at me and you smile. That's what that's what you're paying. for. That's what you're paying for. Look at this beard. Uh, This month's hangout is this week. It's tomorrow as the show posts Thursday, May 19th. 8 p.m. Central Time. I'll be there. Maybe Ruggs will be there. Anthony probably won't be there. You never know what's going to happen. 
And <laughs> I mean, for Anthony to chime in, but he's just I, not I'm doing just, it. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> he's not going to be there. Uh, he doesn't want to acknowledge that he's not going to be anywhere near this thing. Listen, I'll be there. Oh, you'll be there, Rux. Unless yeah. I fall asleep. <laughs> and then if Imran wakes me up, I'll, I'll show up. I'll fucking wake you up and get you there. Uh, it's Thursday. I'm usually I, I usually, I'm usually drunk by 1 p.m. Oh, so. perfect. That's perfect timing. Uh, you'll be passed out by the time we start. <laughs> there is also a You Pick It tier where you can pick any movie to force us to watch and review. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. We've done a lot of those. And we're going to do one of those right now. Oh, a Patreon we're doing a Patreon movie. Sign up. com slash Patreon. Get your own Patreon movie done. This week's movie review is 1991's The Last Boy Scout. Uh, here's your spoilers, I guess. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This one's sponsored by, dedicated to, listener and patron Ron S. Hans. Uh, a long time. Talking nerd. Long time. He has been a patron of ours, guys, for 62 months. Oh, shit. Six, that is a little over five years of patronage. Whoa. Ron, you are the man. Can't thank you, you enough. Are. It's awesome. That's amazing. So Ron has picked the last Boy Scout for us. This movie on Rotten Tomatoes out of 37 reviews on the tomato meter. It's sitting at a 46 percent. Whoa. 5.3 out of 10. That's there's only 37 actual critic reviews, though. All right. Audience score 68 uh, percent is what falls on that side. This movie was made for 43 million dollars uh, and finishes with. Worldwide, about $114 million. Okay, so not the greatest return. But what you have here in this movie, creatively, in front of and behind the screen, is 80s, 90s action movie heavy hitters putting this thing together. Directed by Tony Scott, one of my favorite directors. This is in between. Before this, he had done Days of Thunder. And he does True Romance, one of my all-time favorite movies, all-time favorite Tony Scott movies. He does that after. So it's between those two movies. Written by, dude we were just talking about, Predator, Shane Black on the screenplay. And story. Yeah, he wrote all the, you have a Lethal Weapon, right? Yes, he, wrote- he actually writes this movie in between Lethal Weapons 2 and 3. He like, kind of like brings this genre into you know the 90s or whatever, or the late 80s. Kind of creating the fucking buddy cop action genre well sure continuing and continuing and maybe even yeah. deconstructing and ending it we'll get to that also yes. greg hicks on the story produced by joel silver who up until this point has produced all of the great 80s action movies the diehards the lethal weapons roadhouse predator 48 hours the list goes on uh and uh starring here's your main cast bruce willis this is in between a movie called Hudson Hawk. Yeah, his first big flop. Yes, kind of. It was apparently it was a pet project to his. And he also does Billy Bathgate the, the year before. And then after this, he does The Player and Death Becomes Her. Uh, joining him, Damon Wayans, who is doing this between a voice and Luke Who's Talking too, and Mo Money. Remember Mo Money? He wrote and directed yeah, that, that shit. But he w- he's oh, famous money. for being in Living Color. That and, was his big claim and to fame. During this time, he is currently a cast member on In Living. Everybody Color. Everybody was watching that. Show. Yes, every and it, I mean it was hugely popular. I mean, you had Jim Carrey and the Keenan Ivory Wayans, and everybody's career blows up. 
Uh, it was like the Chappelle show of its it, time. It was. It was very, very racy and ahead of its time. Like, I don't know if you could pull that shit. David Allen Greer. No. Uh, lots of great funny people. Also in this movie. Was it, yeah. was it like a... Like a Saturday Night Live with yeah, black the, people? Yeah, exactly. It was a sketch comedy show. They had the f- J-Lo. J-Lo was leading the Fly Girls, so they have these hip-hop dancers. But also, they would bring on major hip-hop of the era, like Tribe Called Quest, uh, De La Soul. All these people would perform on the show. So there would be mm-hmm. dancing. There would be a musical guest. And there would be skits and characters. You never seen it in Living Color, Anthony? James Can- uh, Jim Carrey was on it. I don't think I've ever. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever watched it. You, if you like the Chappelle Show, you'll fucking mm-hmm. love In Living Color. It's a direct line from In Living Color to the Chappelle well, Show. Well, I think that the Chappelle Show took it to another level. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this was definitely like the. This was like Saturday Night Live, but way hipper, way cooler, way more like of was made for the a younger audience Fox too. Prime time Fox Weekend Television, right? I, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Saturday Night Live was kind of stuffy a little yeah, bit. At that this time. was a little bit less. This was more like Check out it. In Living Color. Uh, fantastic show. Uh, a couple other people in the cast. You got Taylor Negrin as bad guy Milo uh, and uh, Halle Berry as Corey. We'll get to these other people as we get to them. But your main cast, you're looking at Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans. Anthony, have you ever seen this movie before? I have not. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Not, I've no. seen this. I, just, I literally watched it. I finished it about five minutes before we were supposed oh my to God, start for recording. For the first time. Rugs, you've seen this movie many times, I'm sure, right? Yeah, but it had been a while since I've watched it, and then I caught it the other day. Same here. Well, this was the show. This was a sh- this was a movie that you were going to potentially pick when we were doing our 80s. Yeah, not 80s, it, but it, our I action I think it movies. covers all the bases. So. Yes, absolutely. It is, so. it is outside of the actual 80s decade, but we'll get into how it is exactly in, uh, in line with our 80s action movie tournament. Okay, so yeah, I've seen this movie multiple times. Also, I hadn't seen it for a while, so it was great rewatching. Anthony, what happens in The Last Boy Scout? <sighs> Bruce Willis plays this, I guess, disgraced secret former Secret Service agent, and he gets caught up in a bodyguarding gig for this dancer played by Halle Berry that is who is dating a retired football player, a f- retired quarterback in Damon Wayans, a disgraced former quarterback. So you have these two disgraced guys that get linked by this stripper played by Halle Berry, and she's involved in some sort of blackmail thing that is looping in a very a, a lot more power a lot of powerful people within the LA community let's put it that way and Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis his characters have to link up to basically take down this entire scheme yeah there's a gambling uh scheme legalization there's corrupt politicians you got all that going on but this mm-hmm. thing throws these two these two kind of fuck ups together for a hell of a ride. Okay, I think the most important your opening reaction is going to be from you, Anthony, because I kind of know most what, important the most important and the most interesting because <laughs> I kind of know what rugs we used to talk about this movie all the time back in the day. I kind of know what he thinks about this, but you watching it now for the first time, what uh, what did you walk away thinking? So you you stated I, I want to restate this because I think it's important. This is a movie produced by Joel Silver, Correct. written by Shane Black, directed by a Tony Scott, set in the early '90s with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Mm-hmm. And to give some context, I watched the movie probably 
I finished it five minutes before we were supposed to start recording. I've been in Vegas all weekend, so my mind is just completely... I'm so tired. And I threw this movie on. God damn it, that is exactly what I needed. Yes! The the amount of cocaine that is fueling this, this entire production oh, shit. was... I, I didn't take any cocaine, but I, I felt you like felt like you did. I got I felt like I sniffed an entire jar of cocaine uh Johnny Depp style after watching this damn movie. <laughs> this is like Roadhouse for me where it's so nice. stupid, yeah. but it's so fucking awesome. I fucking love oh it. Oh my god. Oh, wow. It. I can't wow. believe he, he put I all was, the cards on the table I was, right away. Cuz honestly, <laughs> I was worried because of this, some this of the reactions a, we've had in the past. This is this is what Die Hard 2 should have been. <laughs> well, this is to me. Okay, first of all, the name of this movie was Die yes. Hard. Originally, he was calling this Die Hard, and he... Ch- but then Joel Silver took, took it. it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and put it on the, and slapped it on another movie. This was, to me, what Last Action Hero wanted to be. Right. It's like, Last Action Hero wanted to be a commentary on action movies, but they put that stupid kid in here. And they tried to make it lighthearted. But this is the most nihilistic... Oh, God. Uh, like, it tells you, like, it's like, listen... We're going to show you how misogynistic and nihilistic we could be. Everybody's a piece of shit in this movie. Yep. Uh, everybody's hyper violent. Yep. Uh, even the last Boy Scout, which is Bruce Willis, like he can't even follow his own code of conduct. All right. Um, there's inept fucking d- detectives that don't know what the fuck is going on. People just getting murdered and straight up like fucking like Halle Berry gets like fucking blown away. Like it, was, like, like it was like Bonnie and Clyde yes, or something. Machine gun down is yeah. very shocking. There's a lot of like, oh, shit. And there's like oh, a lot like he hates his wife. He, uh, his, you know, it's like there's a guy in the closet, just like a last action hero. So like, a lot of this shit is is to me. It's like the this is the grittier last action hero. It's the grittier commentary on buddy cop movies. It's a grittier. I mean, the way it opens. The opening with the fucking is so fo- the football shocking. Yes. Thing, oh, my God. Let's and talk Billy about Blanks, the fucking yes. Tybo guy, <laughs> blows his brains out because he's getting yelled at about fucking betting. He's shooting people on the field. Oh, my yeah. God. That football <laughs> opening is like, you're like, what the fuck? How fucking <laughs> insane is that? Sets the tone of the cynical dark nihilistic view the, the, this is a very mean movie it's very oh, yeah. mean everybody's it's done, an asshole it's not it's not done on accident no, it no. works shane black wrote this after a bad breakup mm-hmm. is what i've read yep and he he channeled all of his anger into this movie and i like that and, and some somebody somebody who's like sniffing their own farts some nose bowler is going to be like well that's misogynistic i'm like but that's art like i get i i am feeling what shane black feels when he well, wrote this, don't don't forget it, too. He wrote this after Lethal Weapon two, which he wanted to make much darker than it yep, really was. They made it funnier, so they made and they and they pivoted. Yep. So he he did this, and this is very much in the same vein of what Lethal Weapon one was. You have the same, you know. He loves his down on his luck, depressed asshole protagonist. You know, probably right. down on their luck, but like somewhat on the edge of like yes, suicide of snapping yes <laughs> always always on the edge of suicide i mean at one point he reaches bruce willis character reaches down he sees a cigarette on the floor he's like ah i'm a low life huh and he's reaching down to pick up a cigarette i'm like man yeah man, i've never done that shit that's fucking low <laughs> yeah it's pretty fucking bad but i mean i've been watching a lot of these 80s movies in in preparation for like our our big 80s showdown yeah. like 48 hours I just watched and, and uh, I wow I forgot how great that movie was. Oh, we got to uh, we got you got to talk about that and what are we watching? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, like there's a certain DNA to these movies. There is a DNA that is there. Yeah. And, and it's, we, we have lost that. And I think, and it's fine. It, it means things that come and go, things that are no longer, but just remembering what it was like that, that these things were just, we, we would just accept these things as they were as entertainment. I think that that's, I, I, I sit down and watch these movies and I'm like, they would never make them today, but I was thoroughly entertained. Just like Roadhouse is ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. And all the, like all of that stuff. I don't know. I just, I think it's fun. I don't know if it's a good movie. I can't tell you if it's a good movie because I'm clouded by my affection, my affinity for like these cop movies and this kind of like idea that they don't have anymore. It's just kind of like, like they're freewheeling. They're shooting from the hip. They're like, they're just like, Making shit happen. Well, I'll I'll tell you why I think it is a good movie, and I think there there's one main reason. I think Bruce Willis is fucking awesome in this movie. He's perfect I think, in this I think role. He, I think his his charisma, his diehard charisma, just floats right over into this. And right. there was, I feel like there was always like maybe some sort of debate on who was the better everyman action hero. Like, was it Bruce Willis or was it Mel Gibson? Right. right? Like, right. Nope. Oh, I feel like. In an alternate timeline, they could have switched roles oh. and done really well in either movie. Oh my god! But you kind of get to see yeah. Bruce Willis do do lethal weapon yeah. in this movie. <laughs> he's kind of rigs, but he's also very much just John McClane. Yes. So it's yes. just like he, he. It's so effortless that he's in this, and then you have Damon Wayans, who's who's. I think he's okay in this movie. He's, he's funny. He's doing a but, good but job keeping but, up. He's but it's yeah. ridiculous. It's just ridiculous as this is down on his luck quarterback. <laughs> I, when you talk about Damon Wayans, remember he just fell? Yeah. <laughs> like, he like fucking 50 feet. Oh, yeah. Oh, they they just throw him off the bridge onto the car and he just gets the up car. bounces off the car. Well, oh. I knew this movie was like, I was like, oh, this is definitely a Shane Black movie because like in the first 15 minutes, Damon Wayans' character is walking through this mansion. Yeah. And there's this football player this in a hot is, tub and he just crazy. grabs the girl and shoves her underwater. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing, man? He's like, She's got to blow me. And he's like, this girl. Under, he's like, she's not gonna be able to blow you underwater. He's like, well then, she's not coming up for air until she blows me. I don't care. And he's, the, it's just like, oh my god, this is a fucking mean movie to women. And like, there's a senator beating the fuck out of a woman that that disgraces, he's torturing her. Yes, yeah. Bruce Willis's character yeah. is like, I don't know what it is, and I'm not saying I like it, but what I'm saying is. It's in a kind of entertaining, but like you get a, <laughs> it works for the the tone of this movie. It's Bruce Willis, and it's the script and the one liners are 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 actually really great. I did I did not remember there being so many fucking good one liners. There's some great moments, uh, but it, well, then you get the I mean you get you get the the actress that was in the Halloween movies. Oh yes, just swearing the daughter, to storm up. Oh my god, the sweariest thirteen year old Daniel Harris playing Darian. The sweariest thirteen-year-old. She calls her dad an asshole. Tells him that you're a fuck up. She calls him a fuck up, and then she's just reckless and she's fucking hot kid. Uh, hi, catch what movie she's watching? What movie was she watching? Lethal Weapon. Oh, she was watching Lethal Weapon. She's yeah. pointing guns at Damon Wayans and shit. This fucking girl, and of course they do reconcile, and she saves the day at the end. Right. But man, I've never seen thirteen-year-old swear so much. I, that was fucking great. But it works because you definitely feel like oh. That's Bruce Willis's daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if 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 she had a dad like that, she would be swearing up a storm too. I mean, again, Joe Hollenbeck is his name character. You get so much character insight right from when you meet him. What an intro where he's passed out in the car. 
And the kids, the put, kids a put a dead squirrel. The kids put a dead squirrel. He pulls a gun on the kids. And then later he's like, I don't know what happened. I may have fucked a squirrel and don't remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I fucked a squirrel. I think I dead. fucked I a squirrel. You know, him and Jimmy are always messing up. They're destroying evidence. Uh, but then you learn about how he saved. Fast forward, eats the tape. Fast forward, eats the tape. But this man saved the president's life. He is a right. national hero. And then he was. And, they, and that president is like a like couple degrees less of what Jimmy Carter really looked like. Right. Which is right. Out. It looked all like him. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, the senator, he witnesses the senator torturing this girl, and the senator has him tossed and he has to fucking save the senator's life and avenge the death of the guy that was fucking his wife behind his back like his best friend's cheating on her fucking his wife and made him take a mission to basically set him up on a death death because uh, he knew he would kill him and then that dude well he was he was banging tila so you know that dude fucking blows up (laughs) and then uh halle berry gets murdered and there's so many shocking deaths at the beginning you're like what the fuck? What a great roller coaster ride! A lot like the pacing of True Romance, just a fucking yeah. roller coaster ride. You ever notice that like Bruce Willis never gets arrested, or like even though the cops are like on his ass, or he's like wanted for murder. Other, yeah, he's like get him in here, and then he just they just never get him. They well, just, you, you, you have that's, that's awesome. <laughs> you have you have Shane Black being like with his dark nihilistic writing. You have Bruce Willis at the top of his game. And then you have Tony Scott shooting it in a way oh. that makes it look really cinematic, right? Where it's a lot of the sunset stuff, yeah. a lot of the a lot of shadow lighting, yeah. lighting through blinds, backlit stuff. So I love it, it. it all looks, I love it. it all looks a level, even though the subject matter is like in the trash, just depraved. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it's his totally his lighting and fiction. his directing style is so good. Uh, and like if you you should watch Crimson Tide is very similar to Romance again. Just it reminded me. Everyone, everyone's a little, a little disheveled, a little sweaty. Yeah. Looks like they've probably had a little bit too much to drink, but have yeah. to like be out there and and run around oh, yeah. in L.A. Bruce Willis looks hungover. Everybody's hungover all the time, <laughs> dude. This movie has look. It has everything. It has car chases, fist fights, shootouts, explosions. It has briefcases filled with money and bombs. It has people on fire. It has a bad guy falling into the fucking blades of a helicopter. In the air, in front of a crowd of people, just getting it has one of my favorite bad guy lines of all time. Which, Which one by that? Milo? Milo's a good bad yeah, guy. Yeah, this gun has too many bullets in it. Oh yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, when he, the officer pulls him over, he's like, is there a problem? He's like, yes, there is, officer. This gun has too many bullets in it. Fucking blows away. I'm like, oh fuck, he's bad. What a great line. I I, I love when uh, Bruce Willis asks for the match or asks oh, for the yeah, uh, the cigarette, cigarette. With the bad where he's in the in the bad guy's pool house. Gets a cigarette, asks for a light. The guy punches him in the face. He's like, "Dude, touch me again, I'll I'll kill you." I need and I need another light and I need another cigarette. The guy does it, punches him again, and he punches him so hard in the nose that he dies. And the and the other bad guy's like, "He punched his nose into his brain." (laughs) Oh my god, Anthony, (laughs) you understand that moment has stuck with me for so long. The one punch kill, cracking the nose, shoving it in the brain. I was like. Holy shit! That's the most badass shit I've ever seen. And and then and then they're like, he's like, like I, I need a drink. And the guy's like, get his dead body out of here and make this man a drink. Yeah, get his <laughs> fucking respect. I mean, some of the lines are great. He's like, hey, fuck face. He goes, I'm fuck face. He's asshole. Uh, and then when the, you know the repeat callback jokes are like, you are a bastard. And he's like, and then some. 
and he is. There's so many fucking great where it's like water is wet, the sky is blue, women have secrets. Who gives a fuck? Women have secrets. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're never home. He's like, well, get a dog. Get a dog. <laughs> and and the, the latter one of the last scenes is she they reconcile after he's like cheated on her or she's cheated on him and she goes they hug and he finally shows emotion which is what they were getting yeah. at, is that she had never he had never he wasn't showing that he cared at all yeah. like she was trying to get a rise out of him and he cries and she goes i'm gonna get a dog and they hug and you're like oh okay but but they're back together yeah, they're back together but he's going fuck you sarah as in saying it like i love you sarah but then he right. goes, fuck you. If the cops, you're a lying bitch. If the cops were in here, I'd spit in your face. Well, he's, he's repeating what she said. She earlier. wants him to do oh. that. She wants, she's, she feels whole, guilty. Yeah. Right. The, well, the whole downfall of the relationship is he didn't show that he cared. So she was trying to get a rise he out took of his him. cheating wife back. Yeah. There's yeah. And the, you know, the daughter comes around too. it's kind of a cute tag scene where she's finally respecting her father. She gets to hang out with, but I love how the movie is like self-aware. And almost, oh yeah, it's totally. Right? I think at that very end, he's like telling him how to be yes. an action star. He goes, he's yep. like, you got to do he this. Goes, you got to do that. It's the nineties. You can't just hit someone. You got to say something cool first. <laughs> yeah, he goes. You got to say something cool first. He's like, how about I'll be back? He's like, nah, that one doesn't work. And then he's like, what about if you get hit with a surfboard? And Jamie Wayne goes, surfs up, my dude. He's like, ah, that's a little better. <laughs> it's like it's a deconstruction of the buddy cop genre. Oh, it's totally aware because he's written them all. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. So he knows what it is. He wrote in this guy. He wrote Monster Squad, too, which is a great movie. Yeah. Too. But um, and Bruce Willis hates rap music in this. Oh, I love that. He's <laughs> like another thing that he's I remember. Like, I want to hear you scream. The guy goes, he goes, play some rap music. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just remember every place that he every place that he went, he didn't like the music. How about the the scene at the end where they're at the football stadium and Damon Williams is, is playing quarterback and he has his hand, his hand like it should have been blown off he i don't know how him, yeah, he, he got shot through the shot, hand. shoots him point blank in the hand but he he has to get the senator down so the, the whole plot here is the they're about to snipe the senator the bad guys are about to snipe the senator and they're trying to get the senator's attention so damon waynes gets on the football field jumps on a horse yes yeah. takes a football and hits the senator in the nose with the football that's got to be at least a 200 yard throw he is the yeah. most on a horse with a, with a bullet through his face <laughs> with a bullet through his hand with a bullet through his hand he throws the football accurately on a horse what would you say? And, 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 and it intercepts the bullet and hits the guy in the nose you know, they established yeah. that in the beginning with the guy drowning the girl right. he throws the football breaks the guy's nose with a football but yeah the timing on that was unbelievable and then Milo's just like, fuck you, asshole. And he throws his gun at Bruce Willis. And then Bruce, so the whole crowd at the end, right, has just witnessed this guy get shot by the police, fall over the thing and get liquefied by helicopter blades. And then they watch Bruce Willis awkwardly dance a jig. And then they all start <laughs> fucking cheering for him. As they should. But at what point do you not run and flee when there is fucking bullets flying at a football game? I got the fuck out of there. Nobody left. They're just waiting I, to I see. I have to point out about that stadium. So there's a shot where it's the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah. Which is the L.A. Coliseum is built like a giant bull. And then when they reestablish the shot of the stadium as it closes out on that scene. Yeah. It's a completely different stadium. Oh, it's a different it's, stadium. It's a completely different stadium. I'm like. 
Give me oh a B roll. There's a and, there's, the and there's a bad like yeah. a superimposed explosion too at the end when the fucking guy, the owner oh, yeah. of the team, opens the <laughs> when, the briefcase. Yeah, when that thing blows up, it looks so it bad. Looks horrible. Oh yeah, they, they, it's, it's like a shot in like Beverly Hills, yeah. and it's just like a, a house in the distance they, blowing up. And you can up. see they just put a little explosion on top of the yeah, shot. Like, yeah, it's so just, bad. Just and they're laughing. And I was like, there was two fucking dogs there. Those dogs died too. This isn't <laughs> funny. What about nobody's thinking about the Dobermans? Uh, but man. What just they were evil. They were evil dogs. That's How right. about the scene where Bruce Willis is getting led to the to the alley to get killed because he just was in the way of the of the hit on Halle Berry's character and he's just telling the uh your mo- the, your uh, wife how he jokes. fucked his mo- yeah. he fucked his wife <laughs> and he's like the one line where he's like she's so she's so fat I had to roll her in flour to find the wet spot. <laughs> That's it. And the guy starts laughing. Yeah. He could, that was his distraction. He he gets the guy to laugh at the fat joke, then takes a shattered bottle and shoves it in his neck. And then he does the same at the end. He ganks him. Yeah, he does the same at the end with that hand puppet that his daughter brings him. And he's telling jokes. I forgot what the oh, joke yeah, I mean, is. That, there. That's, that's such a ridiculous it's, scene. Like first, she off, just walks up right to him. She just walks <laughs> up and they're just like, "We'll let her and walk up to her dad and give her give her a hand puppet <laughs> yeah. for, and just not stop it." It's like this this little girl is like completely in the mix of danger, but they were doing that uh, in True Lies, you know, with with Eliza Dushku. They she was on freaking on a plane. It's a very Shane Black thing. There's always a kid, right? Yeah. There's no Christmas, but there's always sometimes a kid that's fucking well, Commando. Oh, there's, yeah, it's a kid. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a kid. I mean, it's 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 totally. But the fact that she's like wants to be there at some points and is laughing maniacally when she's pointing the gun at Damon Wayans' character, I'm just like, this is ridiculous, and it's awesome at the same time <laughs> oh yeah she like like she doesn't think her dad is cool until he's, he's hanging out with this football player that she right. knows and then he, right, yes right. yes but then he's just murdering people in front of her too and putting her and, in and i think that the the guy the football player was like uh in awe that oh he's like oh you know this guy you know the president or whatever he's like yeah yeah whatever so it's like uh, well, he finds out that he saves the president. David Wayans yeah. helps him reconcile with his daughter a little bit, too. Well, they're both down on their luck, but they're both in awe, actually, of each other. So you mentioned David yeah. Wayans admires that he's with them with the president, but then the daughter reveals that Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis' right. character was super into him as a quarterback until he like got off the got off the rocker and got on drugs and was betting on the games. Oh, yeah, then he was doing drugs in his yeah, house. He doing, about yeah. Then to. he has the right. big monologue where he explains how... Uh, yeah. The gambling is taken over, and they push people too far. So they they both secretly like each other. They both secretly admire a lot about each other. Even and they're both in the same place mentally, where they're just they're in a bad. spot. It's a good dynamic. It's like a Riggs Murtaugh, like you Absolutely. know, because like Riggs is you know he's 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 unhinged, he's depressed, he doesn't have a family, and uh, you know Murtaugh's got the family, but he feels like he's aging out. He's going to retire. He doesn't have any excitement in his life anymore, and they kind of feed off of each other. And uh, this is kind of like a very similar thing. You know, it's funny is uh, behind the scene production note. Apparently, Damon Wayans, Bruce Willis hated each other, did hmm. not work well together. The whole set was kind of full of alpha males. Joe Silver also uh, oh, yeah. running on doing crazy shit. Well, you, you can tell there are some scenes that they're in together that. You can tell they ADR because they they're not they're moving their lips, yeah, but, but the, not, what they're saying is not is not what what's being said on screen. I, and I thought Damon Wayans did a good job of keeping up with Bruce Willis. You know, clearly he's not the greatest actor, I think but it that's works. The weakest point in the movie, yeah. but it still he still was funny enough to be ple- you know, pleasant to watch. I agree. I agree. I think 
Damon is okay. Yeah. But you can clearly tell like there's levels to this and Bruce Willis. I think that's why in terms of buddy cop films, I think this is great. Don't get me wrong. But I think like you look at like 48 hours and you look at like Beverly, uh, Lethal Weapon and you look at like later on like Rush Hour. You had like two actors that were on the same level. Yeah. And this one you can clearly tell like Bruce Willis is like a, a next level star. And Damon Wayans is just not there. He, Damon Wayans is trying to keep up with him, right? He's right. Re- really trying to keep up with him. Like Bruce Willis is like a fully like he's a giant like he's just a, a, a amazing star a fully realized human being whereas Damon Wayans you're right is 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 just hanging he's just trying to hang on to him he's like okay I'll, I'll try to yeah, I got I got to keep he, up you know to his credit he keeps up pretty good I kind of bought his big emotional moment but I was also I was trying to chuckle a little bit so I'm like come on Damon Wayans uh, Milo the bad guy also pretty good like you think he's dead he comes back unkillable. Uh, pops up out of nowhere, and I thought that guy did a good job playing him. Yeah, he survived that car Taylor. crash yes. into the pool. Oh, let's talk about that. That was a hilarious scene. Both of these the cars, first of all, both of these cars go off the oh hill, and they are careening down. Uh, and he does say, "Put on a seatbelt." Right? Joe's car slams into a tree. Everybody's fine. This uh, it slams into a tree, and like <laughs> nobody flies barely out. a dent. Like they both yeah. they immediately look at each other. Like, let's get out of the car. Okay, nothing happens. <laughs> the other car, like, just like in Commando, the, exactly like Commando. the bad guy's car. You see Milo jump out right real quick. It bounces off a house and just perfectly upside down drops right into the pool, perfectly center, and then explodes. Of course, it has to explode. Well, I like that whole scene where at that point, and then the Damon Wayans' character, Jimmy Dix, is like, is he dead? And then he just shoots shooting into, into, the, into the fucking like, pool. He, he's like, now he is. I don't know he is now. And he's like, hey, I'm a cop. I need I need, I need, need your keys. And the guy's like, no. He's like, I need your keys. He's like, no. He's like, I'll kill the girl. Yeah, he's like, he points me. the gun at he's, his And daughter. she's like, daddy. I'm like, oh, my God. He's just threatening to shoot his own daughter. What the fuck is going on here? And then when he, when... You find out that Milo's living calls them. Yeah, Jim uh, Joe Halibut picks up the phone and then he hears it's Milo. He's like, "Are you talking to me underwater?" That's <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the pool there. Oh, yeah. Are you talking to me at the bottom of the pool? It's like this is great. It's so this good. Is There's so awesome. many great lines. You know the football scenes in the beginning kind of reminded me a little bit of some of Chris Nolan Batman. A little bit. Anybody get that? Like it reminded you of that. Well, just like the opening reminded me of like the Dark Knight opening where it's just like this crazy event that happens. But then the Dark Knight Rises football scenes reminded me of like how this was shot a little bit. Like, I think Chris Nolan must be a fan of this movie. I got more. um, Any given Sunday. Oh, there was actually any given Sunday. Absolutely. I was thinking about that. that Any given Sunday was more heavily influenced by those short football. scenes. Yeah, that's the other way. I I remember I was watching the scene and I'm like. I gotta I gotta put up Wikipedia real quick. Is that fucking Billy Blanks? Fucking Billy Blanks. Yes. Fucking Billy Blanks. And Dick Buttkiss. Yo, who doesn't love yeah. Dick Buttkiss and anything? The opening credits are also weird. How it's like a Friday Night Football show, and they're showing the actual credits of people who worked on the movie in the like it's the credits of. Wasn't the- that is that the actual song they used to play for football? Is that that's no? That's, the- that's a riff on. So it's a riff on Monday Night. Yeah, football. that is. Yeah, but they're ta- they're the guys singing Friday Night Football. Yeah, it's an oh. original song. But yeah. they did that perfectly. Like they nailed that whole Monday Night Football look. I mean, the the amount of this is like peak late eighties, early nineties, where Joel Silver and is competing against Bruckheimer and Simpson, and they're like, they've got to be all like, they've got to be having their separate crews, and they're all just doing a bunch of cocaine, <laughs> and they're all like, 
what can we throw in this movie to make it even more ridiculous? We will have the one of the protagonists be a football player. <laughs> we haven't done that yet. That's there's never been a buddy cop with a football player. No, we haven't done it with a football so player. And- I have some other interesting information about the original script. This movie already was infamous before it came out because there was a bidding war for their script. Giffen Film pays $1.75 million dollars. Jesus, for for the script big payday for Shane Black. It was like for a script that's a lot. Yes, that was a record-setting price. And like you said, yes, he wrote it after the end of a relationship. Now it was originally called Die Hard, uh, which Die Hard was going to be called Nothing Lasts Forever. So the producer Joe Silver wanted him to make a follow-up to Die Hard, except in the original script, he is saving his wife, right? And Bruce Willis comes to get him. It goes, look, I saved my wife at Die Hard. I'm saving her again. So then he goes and he minimizes the wife, adds a big ending. He has said he has never had to rewrite a script more than this script ever uh, because of all the interference. So the first cut, apparently borderline unwatchable. It was an NC-17 rated thing. They hired and fired so many editors to fucking chop this thing together, which is why you see a lot of quick edits when people get shot in the head uh, to cut back on that rating. But this movie is, it It didn't do well in the theater. It did become kind of a cult classic, cult hit on VHS on rental. I, when I saw it in the theater, I liked it. Yeah, I remember I watching it. this on videotape. Somebody tell me, have you seen this? And then we just wore that tape out. It's great. And it did. <laughs> if yeah. we ever, if we ever do it, I almost wish it was me in the 80s, but if we ever did a 90s tournament, this would this be This is it. definitely up there. And he does, Bruce Willis does shake off kind of the stink of Hudson Hawk, which is another Patreon movie pick we have to do. The movie he did before this, that has been requested. So that's going to be interesting to see. Let me just read Roger Ebert. Here's his last paragraph of his 1991 review of this movie. He says, the last Boy Scout is a superb example of what it is. A glossy, skillful, cynical, smart, utterly corrupt, and vilely misogynistic action thriller. He gave it three stars. Out of four, yes. right? It it was it was doing exactly what it was supposed yeah. to do. It is slick and it's like really well made, so, well crafted. It's it's well shot. You have a great actor. You have a writer that's able to do what he wants to do, and you have a producer that fueled it with all the cocaine money in the world. What like what else do you want? No, it's it's like perfect. It's even though like the production sounds like it was a fucking nightmare. Somehow they put something together that. How just did this works. movie escape you, Anthony? I don't know. That, that's that's the thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't when know. On paper, it's got sports. Mm-hmm. It's got you know Bruce Willis that you love from Die Hard and yep. you know in in that type of movie. It's got Over Shane the top Black action. You, yeah, and it's got you know you love Predator. You love all the Shane Black shit. So it's got all that, and you got Tony Scott on top of that. So I think I I, I got really into either the eighties nineties franchises or. If it was like Jean Claude Van Damme, <laughs> I, I, so this one I just missed for some for whatever reason I missed this. I don't know if it was playing a lot on TV, like back when I was growing up. Like the movies that would play a lot would be like your Lethal Weapons, your Die Hards, your right. Beverly Hill Cop. Because I, I just I give I, the thing is I I feel like Lethal Weapon is, is a little bit more. It feels like a more mature film or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I right about that? I, I would agree with that. I would. I would say Lethal Weapon has a little bit. More, this it, is it more, also has an edge, but this is more sophomoric. It's like more like right. It, yeah, it's the, definitely everyone's aware of what they're in in this one. Yeah, 
everyone's aware that everyone is yeah sophomore everyone's aware that like a kind of other joke right this is something that you would watch in high school and think was cool absolutely absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely so I mean, I mean that ending that ending is so i mean the guy on the foot the guy i can't get over the, Damon Williams being on the horse throw, and the amazing. <laughs> oh my god he saves his life i mean he has to have thrown that football how many so far how many yards is that how many feet is that that's far that's, right it's very very far i mean i just love that every with a bat with a hand that he just got shot a bullet through like i love every character the mom the daughter all everyone is a fucking flawed asshole character really i love that like that so you don't get that a lot anymore but you don't need that see the thing is like people like are like uh like when you're watching a superhero film or something like Spider-Man, it's very pure and like, you know, a moral compass and, you know, kind of teaches it, it has all these allegories for how, you know, how to live your life and whatever, how to overcome things. This is not that movie. This is not that type of thing. This is a, a, a extension of the writer. This is the Shane Black is angry. Yeah. He's, he's fucking written a ton of these fucking movies. He knows these movies inside and out. He's like, I'm going to fuck with this shit. And Joel Silver's like s- snorting a mountain of coke going, I'll do whatever you want. You know? <laughs> you know? Whatever you want. I'll get you a horses. You want horses? You want <laughs> horses? Is- you want- I'll give you a, I'll give you a Halle Berry in a cowboy suit. <laughs> we'll give you anything you want. <laughs> This is a, this is a movie that you, you throw on when you don't, when you just want to, you, you want to have a good time. You don't want to think about anything. You just want to eat, eat some pizza, Let's see have some a cool Coke, shit. beer yeah. Yeah, and see some cool just shit. Just watch some cool scenes. Just laugh at the lines, you know, laugh at Bruce the Willis chain smoking. Yeah, the you know? one liners are fucking great. Like being mean to his wife. <laughs> oh, he's so mean to her. <laughs> yeah. He's just, but she uh, is cheating on she him. She was so fucking like, cheating on him. I just like how he figured out, like, he walks in and she's trying to play off at this. She wasn't just fucking somebody, like, two seconds before he walked in the door. She's, like, trying oh, to, like, he act. He figures it out, too, like a detective, right? He's like, you know I'm a detective. He does some Batman yeah, shit. he totally does some Batman shit. He's on you know top that, of it. Great. <laughs> you know that Robert Pattinson watched this movie before he did Batman. He's like, well, that's how you detect, you know? He looks at the toilet <laughs> Gotta seat. Do Bruce Wilson, last boy. Got <laughs> toilet seat's up. He's not underneath. This is the shower's on. Something's going on. Yeah, I'm looking up some of the lines just to remember them. The one of the funnier ones, or one of the good ones, was that interaction between him and Milo when they first yes. meet. Milo's like, "Can we do a formal introduction here?" And Bruce goes, "Who gives a fuck? You're the bad guy." I love right? how it's self aware. It's just like you're the bad guy. <laughs> he's like, the movie. I am the bad guy, and he's like, "Am I supposed to be trumbling with fear or something like that?" And he's like, "Something like that." He's like, "Fine, I'll start trumbling in a minute." It's so good. I'll, like he's so cool. Yeah. He's like you're the bad. He's, it is. He's always like he has a who gives a fuck attitude, and it's so perfect. I love it in the beginning where Mike's like. Uh, what are you doing? I'm going to need you to do some things. He's like, I'm smoking cigarettes. He's like, well, can you reschedule? He goes, I don't know. He's a pretty good cigarettes. <laughs> so good. Just, lots. Of, I mean, the one liners are still fucking solid. I mean, they're just as good as Predator. I mean, they're just as good as Commandos. They're just like, you know, it's a, it's par for the course, but it's just done with a little bit more edge because you're in, in the hands of a, of a great director. Tony Scott's like, I don't say great, but a very accomplished director. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows how so, to film action. Yeah. And it's and it's made in ninety, you know, ninety, ninety one. So by this point you'd gotten almost a whole decade of these types of movies. So they had to they had to turn it up a little bit, but also be aware of the fact that everyone everyone that's watching this movie has seen all the other movies like this. So you've gotta you've gotta turn it on its head just enough yeah. to make you make the audience go, Okay, this is a just 
slightly different than but what I've seen. But it's full before. of tropes, right? It's like full it's tropes. Of but it's tropes. aware of it's that. It's made of tropes, and it's aware of that, which is so fun to watch that it's unapologetic. But you, but you, have, a, but you have a thing at the end where the hero has to save the guy that basically got him out of his job and was yep. beaten up a woman. Ruined his life, yeah. Ruined yep. his life. And also avenge the death of the yep. guy that was cheating on his <laughs> yeah, wife, cheating the fucking on tough spot, fucking his wife, and was going to put him in harm's way to kill him. So <laughs> that it's like, was his best friend, his by best, the way. Yes. Right? So of, you, yeah. you have this like moral dilemma of these guy like put in a situation where he's doing the right thing, but he's helping people that are all scumbags. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing fucking conflict and writing. Like, I think the writing and the script is 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 great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. All right, it. that's, uh, and then, yeah, other, uh, yeah, so the, uh, the other production that I have is later, later years, Shane Black and Tony Scott had both said the original script was better than the final movie, of course, but there was a lot of interference, but still, for what it is, it's a hell of a ride. Let's rate it, Anthony. Uh, what would you give it? I, I say this, I, I, I'm rating it based on, the, on this kind of genre movie. And the fact that it gave it it like reboosted my energy after a long weekend, so I'm going to go with a nine out of ten. Oh shit! Oh my yes. god! Nine. It's oh like road, I, it literally I, was like Roadhouse for me. I, I just felt believe, so good about. I mean, things. I can't believe it, but it 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 reinvigorated my. Okay, I got to go back and watch some more '80s films type thing, oh, '80s and '90s films because that was it encapsulates was awesome. all of it. I mean, it's right there. He packaged yeah. it nicely. I'm glad because, like, I, I don't know if – was Roadhouse on your radar, too? No, or Roadhouse was okay. not on my radar. So you I'm glad that we were able to introduce Anthony into two films that he liked uh, that uh, he had not – Yeah, True Romance didn't get him. I was disappointed, and some of the other ones didn't no. get him. But this one got him, and that makes me very happy because yeah. this, I, I'll give this movie an 8 out of 10. Uh, right. I still love Tony Scott, and revisiting it was a blast. Oh. Uh, what would you give it, Ruggs? I like True Romance better. I love True but, Romance better. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but because of the Quentin Tarantino script, it's like you're, you're Shane Black, Quentin Tarantino. They He's both right are there. kind of like, yes. they're, they're, well, they, I think that they both definitely had influence on, 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 on one or the absolutely. other. Right. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it like an eight. Um, but, uh, I do like this movie a lot. Um, I hadn't, I haven't watched it. A lot, but I I uh, I think I've maybe seen it like maybe five times in my life. Um, but yeah, it's a good film, and I, and I enjoyed watching it. I had a smile on my face the whole time, and uh, and it was ridiculous. And it is a mean movie, and I think that there should be more of them. It's <laughs> it's misogynistic, slightly homophobic, but but it's oh. a fantasy. But this is shame. Is this is what they are. They're they're assholes. And it's Shane Black, Shane Black purging some shit. Right? He's it's, clearly it's, purging it's, some shit. It's fair to say that a lot of this movie has not aged well in terms of like what is acceptable now in society, right. but it is a nice look back at what that time was. It's a time capsule. And, and yeah. to appreciate it, what, it, what, it, what it was trying like, to be. When you're watching a movie about like uh, people getting beheaded because uh, in the kingdom because the whatever, like that's barbaric, right? Mm -hmm. We would never do that now. Same thing. Yeah, I can see here. Yeah, yeah, but for some reason, we can tolerate that. But we can't be like, oh, mean to a woman who cheated on you, would you asshole? <laughs> it's like, all right, are we, are we, are we, what are we doing here? 
So no, it hits that Tarantino dialogue esque kind of thing. Here's another great line where Joe Hollenbeck's like, uh, "Real guns, real bullets. It's dangerous." And Jimmy goes, "Dangerous, my middle name." And then Joe just goes, "Mine's Cornelius. You tell anybody, I'll kill you." <laughs> I think you brought up True Romance, and I remember I I did not like True Romance yeah, that yeah, much. Yeah, I think one of the things that distinguishes the two for me is True Romance is not as much of an action film that's true it's more dialogue heavy it's dialogue it's yeah. more of a dark comedy yeah and i just like bruce willis 10 times more than i'd ever like christian slater and yeah no no that's fair that's fair and the action in this is over the top delicious just entertains to no end so yeah all right good stuff thank you ron hans for your patronage and picking this movie he picks some good movies uh i'm not we're not gonna do news from the nation this week there's two reasons. One is sometimes you have to have not have something to appreciate how much you like it. And my butthole's dry. And Rug Boy's the second reason uh, Rug Boy's butthole is dry, so we don't have a fart lined up. Third reason is we're going to get into what are we watching. You just heard, Anthony, you mentioned you were in Vegas. I need to hear about what you were watching in Vegas. I was in Vegas this past weekend. I was out there for the, I don't know if it's going to be a, an every year thing, but it was definitely the first, what is called Lovers and Friends concert. Oh, it sounds lovely. Fan fan of usher Lil john and Ludacris. that's one of their hit songs from the early 2000s but it was a throwback 90s 2000s r&b hip-hop concert with all of those artists from that generation performing in a day and it was amazing, it was uh, amazing. for the listener here's a couple of names lauren hill tlc nelly neo timbaland with snoop dogg t-pain too short, Ja Rule and Ashanti, Usher, Ludacris, Little John were there. Escape, Jodeci, Jodeci. I listened to in fucking high school. A sixty-year-old Keith Sweat, as Anthony tells me. I didn't even know he was still singing. Uh, Warren G, uh, just the the Yin Yang Twins, the Genuine. This is a Mace, Lil Kim. Wow, Juvenile. This yeah. sounds sound like the fun. Line, the 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 list goes on and on. Who was? It was Go ahead. No, who was like the biggest nostalgia hit, the song that came on that you were like, oh, oh this is my jam. Nostalgia, man. That, here's the thing is it's imagine going to a festival or imagine going to see live music for 10 to 11 hours <laughs> and literally, you know, the lyrics to 90% of the songs. Oh, shit. Were you singing? And everyone else knows the lyrics. Oh, my God. Songs. And they're all and the songs are 20 to 30 years old. Yeah. Everybody's singing so that's, along. That was that vibe where, and it was like a weird, like a you had a mix of people that grew up in the eighties, nine, early nineties. So you had like a millennial generation, but then you had the people also like a little older. I don't know if that's like another generation because like Keith Sweat, Joe to see one twelve. They're a little bit older. Than, they're all yeah, like nineties. Yeah. Yep, so you yep. had to have grown up in like you'd have to have like been born in the late seventies or early eighties to really appreciate them. So it was like an older crowd. Um, as far as like a song that. Literally, I mean, there was multiple times where a song would play and I'd be like, I'd get goosebumps. I'd be like, I have not heard this <laughs> yeah, song yeah. in so long. One of the songs that was uh, that I thought of right when you asked that was 112. I don't know if you've heard 112 Cupid. Uh, maybe. But that's a, a fucking, that's a banger old, like that's an old love song. Oh, man. But uh, next, doing uh, Grindin', that's a fucking <laughs> wifey. I mean, if you, if you, you, you'd. Don't, I don't know if you remember these songs, but if you play them, you'll be like, oh, my like, God, that those one, songs. SWV was there. I totally SWV. remember SWV. I didn't see SWV, but yeah, I mean, th- what is that? their song? 
Uh, their big hit was week week. Oh, Can't I get weak in the knees. And... Yeah. Weak. Yep, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so but, into you. That was another great SW song. I'm yeah. so weak. But there's, it was literally like. Hold on. And then SWD, amazing. SWV had the song right here with the human nature Michael Jackson sample. That song is amazing. I didn't see them. Oh, my God. Look up that song. That's a great because they used. I know that song, but I, I did oh, I not see that. them. They're. The way they set it up, there was four stages. Okay. But like two stages were in one pod, two in another. So you'd have like one oh, guy go on for 20, then the next guy go on on the other stage for 20. How did you plan your uh, itinerary there then? I planned it out in advance. <laughs> oh, so you knew you were like, we're going to go here, then we're going to go here, then I want right. to see this, and I want to see this. Right. Okay. I tried to I tried to see as many people as possible, but obviously you can't see everyone. But yeah, it was... Uh, it was one for the books. It was one for that's the books. A, that's for sure. awesome. You know, this whole era of music, it's, it's still like it's coming back. It's trending. I think there's a lot of kids now who have discovered this or get turned on to these older acts. Like I was on YouTube and I was watching live video from recent tours from Saturday. Like right now, you could go see fucking Pearl Jam still perform from Saturday. Still perform, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction are going on a huge tour across the country. And everybody is singing the words to every song. It's kind of great. I would love to see both. I will go see both of those bands again. But what what year is this when like Pearl Jam and fucking Smashing Pumpkins are touring right now? It's great. Well, the industry is like, is getting. There's a lot of like old school stuff that's coming back. Yeah, like like they're doing a, they're doing one in October called When We Were Young, which is more of a alternative rock Ooh. festival. Oh, I love but it. It's not. I don't think it's you. It's yeah. like. It's Avril Lavigne and Dashboard Conventional oh, and, and My Chemical stuff. Romance. Okay. It's that like yeah. goth era. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's all like coming back. Like people, yeah. people, people, the millennials and older crowd still want to go out and like have a good time and yeah. see the artists that they grew up with. And yep. I think there's a market for it. So obviously, because they did two days of this Saturday yeah. and Sunday, and they sold out both days. And, well, uh, the, that's you know when I was watching Coachella and they had that emo night thing where the DJs right. were playing all of these like early 2000 rock bands and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, why don't you just go see them? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's the least they're doing it now. You know? well, yep, yep. And then with streaming, like, yeah, the kids are turned. You can find all this stuff. is still out there. The kids get turned on to it. And then the older people also love it. Uh, I know. I, I, I love that this whole era of eighties and nineties, it's like a 20 year cycle. It's a 40 year cycle. Well, and uh, another thing that's happened is you got TikTokers that are doing stuff like in, uh, bringing some of these songs back. And then you guys like, some uh, anime is starting to use a lot of these oh, songs. Hmm. That's interesting. It, like as their like intro wow. songs. I think um, th- this is a really uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uses Roundabout from Yes oh, as wow. their theme song. A Yes song. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so weird. So they're like peppering like rock into these things, and it's crazy. That's great. That's great. I love it. Yeah. I, other than, the only thing that sucked is it was during the day. And it was a hundred degree heat. Oh and Jesus, fuck! I'm out. It's quite hot. No, no, I <laughs> very little shade. Yeah, I'm definitely sunburned on on few places. I have a, I have. It'd a, be weird if you brought an umbrella with you. They were letting you bring an umbrella the second day because it was so hot. They oh yeah, the first day, I but, would. I would need an umbrella. But I have the, uh, I have the classic. If you took off my shirt right now, the tank top. Oh, you got suntan. the line. Nice. I, got, I literally have a. Yeah, you could see where my tank top, like my arms and shoulders, <laughs> yes, and all the that. Strap line and the U in front. It's fantastic. Yep. So I got that going on. Uh, that yeah, the heat, this Vegas. I don't know, but it sounds like a fun time. All right, it was great. It was it was an all timer. Oh it man, was, it, it one of those where it's like 
you never thought you would see all these artists in one spot, like all the artists you grew up listening to in one spot. And you yeah, did. I, I saw your Instagram stories and that Ja Rule and the Shanti song was on. I was like, oh, I know that song. That's a dumb song. <laughs> I knew one of the songs. I, I, but, I think yeah. I think you you both would, if you were there, you would hear you would hear more songs you thought you didn't think you knew. Right. That you Everyone would be like, oh, shit, I remember this. Oh, shit, yeah. I remember this. T, I would say T-Pain was probably the one of the more like lively ones just because he has so many songs that everyone knows. Okay, okay. All right, good stuff, Rugs. What have you been doing? What have you been watching? Anything fun? You mentioned 48 Hours. Oh, I watched 48 Hours recently, and I enjoyed it. It was great. Eddie Murphy was great. It's so uh, good, right? Nick Nolte was Nick great, Nolte's in, great that in that, too. Yeah. Um, Even though he's playing a, a gigantic racist. <laughs> yeah, but he does it well. No, I know that's what I'm saying. I just remember he's like, I apologize for saying that. Yeah, he, he, he's so <laughs> racist to him. And at the end, he just apologizes. He's like, he's like, I have to keep you down. You're a convict. Right. Or whatever. And he's like, this guy has more guts than everyone here or some shit like that. <laughs> well, that's when the 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 uh, the the police chief is like yelling at at Eddie Murphy, calling him the N word. <laughs> and he the chief is also black. Yes. So he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm calling you the N word. And. <laughs> It was just very strange, but like I, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like, but you remember? I remember growing up at that time and not thinking anything of it because it was so common. Mm. Like you know, like it was like any time there was a, a show that had a black character, there would always be that that word would be brought up, even on like regular TV. Yeah. Mm. So it's I wasn't shocking or anything like that, mm-hmm. but um, I was like, "Oh, now in today's context, I'm like, oh, this is." Yeah, you, know, you can't have Nick Nolte saying this. That you know, whatever he calls him but, watermelon throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, right. They, <laughs> the great, the great scene in this movie is where um, the bar scene. Yeah, they yeah. go oh, into the the yeah. redneck yeah, yeah, you know great. bar, and Eddie Murphy's just like pretends to be a cop, and it's great. That scene is that scene is so good because. They literally like I think that's Eddie Murphy one of Eddie Murphy's first movies, but they're like, Hey Eddie Murphy, go into this go into this scene. There's fifty to a hundred extras that are playing rednecks, but you're not you're only gonna be the one you're the only one pretty much talking, and we're gonna just let you do your thing. Yeah, just do just, Eddie Murphy. We're just gonna we're just gonna have the camera follow you <laughs> and, and make it happen. And he fucking kills that it's scene. So good. Yeah. I, yeah, it's great. Speaking of again, that's got a trope. The the you know the yelling chief lieutenant we saw in Last Boy Scout. You got that trope. I love the line where he's like, "This is a police matter, you dumb son of a bitch." He's like, "Stay out of the way, I'll shoot you myself." He's just fucking so bad and just yelling. It's so good. It's got every trope. Well, one thing about Forty Hours I want to ask is that when I watched that movie, and I don't know if, if you got the same feelings, Rugs, but when I first watched, it, I'm like, "Oh man." Like Eddie Murphy's a fucking star. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I always loved Eddie Murphy since when I was yeah. a kid. I mean, he's, I mean, I watched that. I watched The Golden Child, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. all of his freaking movies. He's like twenty. And, he's like twenty years old. He's early twenties. Yeah, amazing. He's, he, he's good. Yeah. I mean, he's good. There's a reason why he had his time in the sun. Like it's not like Eddie Murphy was not noticed for being great. Like he was on Saturday Night Live. He was hitting like fucking. It out of the park everything every time he did something for a while yep yep so uh yeah delirious delirious like, come on, and like, raw all those stand-up bits all oh of my those God, things so good my childhood was full of eddie murphy all the time um so i just this movie uh i saw more on like uh, an, an edited version of this movie it was on tv a lot mm-hmm. so i 
don't remember ever watching it in full unedited version. Mm-hmm. So I, I forgot that there was boobs in this movie. Yeah. It's it's a it's this is kind of similar to Last Boy Scout. Obviously, it's ten years earlier, but yeah. there's a there's a mean streak to this movie. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. very mean yeah. streak. But it was entertaining as hell, and I enjoyed it. And I thought like uh, the bad guy was was kind of crazy. <laughs> he thinks he's invincible. Constantly blowing people away. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, don't go into a doorway. Oh, he'll blow the. He'll, pull you <laughs> he'll out of blow there. your fucking ass off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And uh, you know, there's like the subway chase, and there's all that stuff. It's like in the, you know, I, mean, I thought it was very, very good. I was very uh, pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. You, so. you have James Raymar and Sonny Landon playing the villains. Like, what more yeah. do you want? It's one of the great buddy cop movies, uh, you know, up there of the genre. It starts the whole thing. Uh, that's it's I, been I, 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 I kind yeah. of I don't remember another forty eight hours being that great, but uh, I'll give it another spin. I, I've never actually seen another forty eight hours in its entirety, but I don't think I've heard it's not good. But yeah. I would also probably at some point back watch then it. the sequels. Uh, I'm tempted to watch Beverly Hills Cop again, but oh, you should! It's it's fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> I fall for no banana on tailpipe. <laughs> uh, what else have you been watching, Rugs? Anything else of notes? Oh, I watched the first episode of The Pentaverit. Uh, yeah, this is a, a Mike Myers Netflix. So, heard it's not good. I heard it's not good also, where he plays a bunch of people. Mike Myers, um, I guess, wrote and uh, he's behind this whole thing. He's playing like every character in it. But um, basically, The Pentaverit is like the secret society of like six people and um and they're all played by mike myers and um the the story starts about there's a reporter that works in canadian television who's getting fired from his job but they'll give him one more chance if you can come up with a really good story and so it follows that this reporter trying to find out about this pentaverit while at the same time keegan michael key is the first black member of the Fentaverit. And he's like, like we're giving you, like, you're the first one and you're going to be like, you know, a part of this uh, secret society. And he doesn't want to be there. And he's seeing all kinds of weird shit. I thought it, like, I didn't think it was great, but I was thought I was going to last two minutes and I ended up watching the whole episode. Would you, did you laugh out loud? Was there some, uh... there was a couple things that I thought were pretty fucking funny. Is, but like, is he back or no? I don't know. Like I can't judge it on the one episode sure. that I watched, but I just said, I just was like, okay, I'm going to put this on and probably shut it off. There were some funny jokes and I was like, Oh, okay. And Keegan, Michael key was, was funny. And, uh, I was like, all right, I might watch another one or see. Maybe cause another I, one. I used to love Mike Myers. I was really curious. It's six episode and I heard it wasn't great. I'm hit or miss with him. So, I don't know if I'm going to like the next two episodes. Would you? So I, mm, I might have to just check out the first episode. I can't recommend oh, it. can't recommend it. Oh, shit. This idea, no. actually, he came up with uh, from So I Married an Axe Murderer. That's where the Pentaverit idea was first mentioned in that movie. And I guess he's been thinking about this for years and finally makes a movie about this. Mike Myers is such an interesting actor comedian because he never played like he never plays. He always plays an like uh, an exaggerated version of. Of a person. Another person, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you have other comedians that do that, like, similarly, like, um, Eddie Murphy or Robin Williams, but, like, Mike Myers is, like, even on nth level 
past them in terms of like he never plays anybody that's like even he, he's always in prosthetics. Normal. He's always yeah. doing something like crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm I love like his. I love Austin, like the Austin Powers movies are great. Those are great. And then lo- like I, I'm also kind of hit or miss on. on well, Mike he's Myers. made some clunkers like the Love Guru. Uh, and then he takes weird roles, like in Inglorious Bastards and in Bohemian Rhapsody. He's taken kind of, you know, straight drama roles, but also being kind of a caricature of a person. Well, I mean, he has, but he has like two of the most like pop culture roles ever. He played Austin Powers, and he he was in Wayne's World. And then he's Shrek too. So you got he's I mean, Shrek, he's right. big. Shrek was huge for him. Yeah, and he's Wayne's World guy. Uh, and that's really kind of what about the Cat in the Hat? Oh God. The, oh, that movie is yeah, scary. That. That's a fucking disturbing looking movie. <laughs> Austin Powers four apparently announced. I, they, I that's don't know. Been, that's Austin Powers four is like Lethal Weapon four oh. <laughs> uh, or Lethal Weapon five. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop four. Or it's like this has been in production for so Forever. long. It's never going to. No made. one knows it's going to yeah. happen or not. It's probably not going to happen, but. He could surprise you, and of course, let's not forget his great stint with uh, uh, Kanye West uh, live on TV, trying to recover from George Bush hates black people, and then, <laughs> and then he's just standing there. Uh, so, and then he just has to continue. That was amazing. It's a great Mike Myers moment. What the, what they got? If they do an Austin Powers four, yeah, you've got to set it obviously now, but you have to like really up the wokeness and him being so fish out of water in the wokeness. Well, the Super Bowl bit they did was kind of it kind of worked with Doctor Evil and uh, you know seeing them now and they had some of that kind of stuff happening. But yeah, that was were you, were you an Austin awesome Powers guy, uh, Rugs? Yeah, you liked them? I liked the first one a lot, mm-hmm. and the second one was pretty funny. Uh, I didn't, you know, I I, I like it, but it, I, I think that around the third one, I kind of was like, eh, okay. But like the first one, I remember. The first two, the first one I loved because it was like the first time you saw something like that. Yep, and yep. It, it's like lightning in a bottle yep. and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. And the second one, uh, you know, they, they get, um, what was her name? Heather, 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 Graham. Heather Graham. Oh, yeah. And she was at in her prime yeah. and Liz Hurley had Elizabeth Hurley yeah, yeah. in her prime. And I was just like, OK, this is great. Like it, it's, it's got comedy. It's got eye candy. It's got it all. And uh yeah, I enjoyed them. And then um, uh, it started to wear thin even on the second one. So then by the time they got to the third one with the gold member, I was like, all right, I'm not. I'm kind of like. I like gold. I love gold. <laughs> but I mean, even that one has some fun stuff in it. Is that too. Beyonce? Then they get Beyonce, Beyonce right? Yeah. 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 Wayne's World 2 wasn't really that good either. I don't remember that being the best. I don't even remember ever watching yeah. it, but I know I saw first it at least twice. I can't first remember. It. The first one's the one that stands oh, out. He was doing the Wayne's World thing even before. Um, Austin right? Powers. He was he on Saturday yeah, Night yeah, Live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was yep. doing that on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Yeah. I just remember Austin Powers, the first one. Like it not being, I did was I saw the trailer and I was like, I don't want to see this at all. I was a kid, obviously, and one of my kid, one of my friends as a kid was like, we should watch this. So I watched. It, I was like, oh, this is fucking funny. Yeah. And then part two and three, I just remember like those being gigantic moments in terms of comedy and like watching in a packed theater. Like both of those movies, yeah, I watched them in yeah. a packed theater as a kid, and like it was rollicking good time for both. And of then, those and then everybody's going, <laughs> oh yeah, they were hilarious. Yeah, everybody's going, get in my belly. Baby. I mean, I mean the 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 lines from those movies like are still set. 
I want <laughs> one million yes. dollars. It's iconic. I mean, these are iconic lines. And you're right. Nobody had done like a James Bond spoof up until this point. That's all it was. And it was fucking brilliant. Wong in a blintz. Crip in a pancake. It's so good. <laughs> so good. All right. Anything Ooh. else, Rugs? Have you been watching the Halo TV show? I have been watching the Halo. So, and what do you think? I actually, I really dig this show now. Six, seven, eight episodes. There's one more yeah, left. Yeah, I think it was... It- it's not the show that I wanted, but I'm happy with it anyway, because it's seems like it's interesting at least. And it's, it's sci-fi, but it's not the same kind of sci-fi that you're used to watch and like, like Star Trek or some bullshit. It's kind of like, all right, the, the, you have these two opposing forces and they spread it out to other areas and you get to see like you know world building happening so i'm into it i'm i'm watching it they they did an episode where the character that i hated the most that was the most annoying and we followed her story for a little bit and i was like i'm back in now action was good her and bokeem woodbine actually have good chemistry like that was great fucking action scene here bokeem woodbine or Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. I don't know which one is which. I think one is the standard <laughs> for the other. It could be either one. They got to be in a movie together. They should, like a twin. Bald, like, they should call it Bald Eagles. <laughs> it should be like an 80s spoof, like action movie. Yeah. Two twin brothers. They're, they're fraternal <laughs> twins, but they look a lot alike for some it's reason. The, it's the it's the Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, yes, movie. Yes, with, with Jean-Claude. With real, actually, two different actors that with just look alike. Which people are supposed to be the same person. He's like, they're, just, they're always arguing about it. Who's the... Who's the funny one and who's the more badass one? He's like, I'm the funny one. Okay, quick spoilers. Spoiler alert. They do one thing in the show that I don't think has ever been done on the game, and then they with that is Master Chief gets fucking laid. He has sex. And I believe that's probably like the first time he had sex with someone. You gotta imagine, right, Rugs? Wait, he had sex? With the fucking girl, yes. They slept oh, together. I didn't see- Oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about a newer episode? Oh, see, that's why I hit the spoiler button. So that's going to happen. <laughs> yes. He gets laid by the girl. Right. And then that, that episode actually has a crazy fight scene at the end. That's great. There, that's episode seven. There's one more left. So I'm kind of excited. All right. For well, you're ruining this episode, wow, but, uh, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm behind. So it's all right. I'm going to ruin another thing. Go ahead. Uh, and what I uh, checked out and I kind of dig is there's a new star trek tv show on paramount plus it's actually paramount plus has all the star trek shows this one have you heard about this one rug strange new worlds yeah this is a prequel it is it takes 10 it's on the enterprise takes 10 years takes place 10 years before the original show here's the thing it features cast members and storylines from star trek discovery which i didn't watch right but this show is a return to classic, like, episodic Star Trek stories. There's very much like the original series and and uh, Star Trek New Gener- Next Generation where they're, like, one-and-done enclosed episodes. There's an overarching thing, but every week there's, like, another mission they got to go on. Captain, The lead in this is uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike, who's at... Black Bolt. Yeah, as Blackagar Boltagon. He's actually really good as this Captain Pike. You have Rebecca Romaine as his number one. Also, there is a young Spock and a young early cadet Uhura on the show. And Kirk's brother, Samuel Kirk, character is on the show. You know what? It's not bad. It's great for like a casual Star Trek fan that I didn't watch 
discovery and all the things that came before that are all tied together. But you, well, you can jump into this and enjoy it. it. I kind of liked discovery when it was on. I didn't love it. It was just like, okay, it's entertaining. And they definitely were doing something different with that show. And it was a little bit more action oriented. And it, it, it was, it was, but I did, for some reason it felt like it was out of, it was in the wrong context. Okay. Right. Discovery felt too futuristic to be way ahead of Enterprise, right? Uh, Captain Pike is in that show, right? Y- yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, I just thought it was – it didn't feel like it was – like, it didn't feel like a prequel. Right. Uh, so, if this one feels like a prequel like you're saying it does, like, it feels like it fits in before It's ten, ten the years original before, st- and they got fucking Spock. There's a dude playing Spock. But do you think that – does? are you buying it? Does it yeah. feel like Star Trek? Yeah, it absolutely feels I'm like check it the out. episodic Star – I will – okay, here's the spoilers. I have to mention this one thing they do in the first episode, though. There's a fucking heavy-handed moment. It's kind of weird. takes you out of it. So basically the situation is they found this alien species that has the warp drive, and they're going to make it a weapon. They're going to end up destroying each other. So Captain Pike goes down there, and he basically goes, hey, cut this shit out because we went through this on Earth. It's not going to end well. And on the screen playing, as an example of this, is the fucking January 6th insurrection. That he's showing them, and he goes, this happened, everything fell apart, it crumbled, we killed ourselves because we couldn't handle it, don't let the same thing happen to you. And I was like, oh, wow, oh, you went there, right? I didn't know what to make of that, because they don't, I mean, do they ever refer to real historic events in Star Trek? It's supposed to be like a metaphor or allegory. They directly were like, because of this, our society ended, and that's why we're out in the universe it was crazy. I didn't know. I don't know if I. Wow. Yeah, it was. It kind of took me out of the show for a second. It's just it, wow, right? It's great. Wait till you see it. Like I like <laughs> the insurrection is it, it's a huge big deal, yeah. right? Obviously, like you know the people like went into the. But when you put it in the grand scheme of history, yes, you could. That's the, that's thing? the thing. Like so many things are way worse than yeah, that. I thought that was uh, interesting <laughs> uh, choice. Of other than that, I really I enjoyed the show. I like the characters. It's good Star Trek. It's fucking like classic Star Trek. So yeah, well, I'll check, check it, it out. out. Paramount Plus. I'll check out an episode. Why not? And then to close out. If you're looking for something else to watch, out this week, May twentieth, season three of Love, Death, and Robots anthology mm. series on no, Netflix. I can't wait for this. Dude, yeah. This fucking show is great. Uh, this season is nine episodes. You have people like Tim Miller, David Fincher directing, and others. The show has won eleven Emmys over its first two seasons i fucking love this show and it's a look into robots ai technology after humans in the future uh season three actually has an episode that is a sequel to a season one episode which is something they haven't done before but there's a trailer you can check out uh showing the different animation styles yeah, it looks it's fucking amazing this is a show you light a big fucking blunt and you turn <laughs> on and you just let it and the, it's high-end science fiction Oh, it'll fuck you up. Yeah, Anthony, I know you haven't watched this, but it's uh, it's very good. It's very well written. I think they're short episodes, too. They're not, like, long. Hmm. Also, another thing, Exciting Black Mirror is coming back for another season. I fucking oh, love that man. show. And that, You do like that show oh, a lot. Oh, it's such a great show. I, I have to get you to watch some more of those. I know the pig fucking episode threw you off. Yeah, that's the only episode I've seen other than the movie. Shouldn't have started there. Oh, yeah, we did the Bandersnatch. That was a yeah. lot of fun. But Love, Death, and Robots. 
This yeah, you week. threw me off really, really badly with that fucking. It's a hard episode. intro to Black Mirror. I understand. <laughs> I could have rethought that. There's a lot of other great episodes that are probably better entry points. Anyways, all right, good stuff. That's it for this week. Uh, Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. Follow him there. Link to that in our show description at jockandnerd.com slash four three five. Have links to all the things we talked about. How to support the show. How to get in touch. Share the show, listeners. The best thing you could do, word of mouth, would help us out a deal. Recommend it. Text it to someone. And we will nerd out for Jock and Nerd. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. Beep you next time. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's really good. The fuck? I really don't give a shit. I stick it up my asshole. There you go. Whoa. Whoa. Let the cartoon begin.